Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville. It is the penultimate uh, show, I guess, or, or maybe. That's maybe not the right wording, but we're nearly there. We're nearly at the end. We are nearly finished with the NCAA tournaments, if you can believe it. Sectionals are complete. On the women's side, best word I can use is chalk. Men's side, best I, word I can use is chaos. <laughs> Wow, what a weekend. Uh, first time that I haven't been to a sectional site, uh, probably in 15 years. Might have been longer. It just didn't work out this year um, for a lot of things. It didn't work out. Um, and so, c'est la vie. Um, but I got to sit home and watch games. I would have been watching from a site as well. Um, for those wondering, my site was probably going to end up being Ramapo. And there were great games there, but I got to watch great games at home as well, though it felt a little bit strange. This might be the last time I stay home for a sectionals. Um, but it was terrific basketball, folks. But the one, two, three, and five ranked teams in women's basketball are on to Rochester to figure out who's going to win a championship. And on the men's side, it's numbers 24 and, um, yeah, so Nebraska Wesleyan who was receiving votes, uh, just first team on the outside looking in. Springfield, not receiving votes. Ramapo, mm, not receiving votes. Yeah, fascinating final four on the men's side. But I think it proves a couple of adages that we've been talking about true from the get-go. First and foremost, there is a ton of parity, and maybe a better way of saying it, a ton of balance in Division Three now. Absolutely incredible. Um... On the, on the other side of that, too, I think it shows just how difficult it has been to try and pick top 25s uh, this year. Um, I know I am voting for Nebraska Wesleyan. I am, I think I voted for Oshkosh. I might not have voted for Oshkosh, to be honest with you. I considered Springfield. I considered Roanoke. Um, Roanoke. Ramapo. Sorry, we're heading to Roanoke. Ramapo, inconsistent for me. I was worried they weren't going to be able to put it together. Didn't vote for him. Springfield, same thing. Um, I, I know it was back in December, but that stretch in December still scared me. Um, I also wasn't sure what to think in the in the new Mac uh, with what how MIT was playing or not playing or maybe playing or any of that, and that affected my my thoughts on Springfield. Oshkosh, I've I've thought well of the WIAC as a conference, but there were a lot of losses in there. Um, and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I, I liked WIAC teams, um, not blown away that three made it to the uh, Sweet 16, as I mentioned on previous shows. But on the flip side, at the same time, uh, Oshkosh played really well this weekend, especially that game against Augustana. They played them twice now and played a total of three overtimes. Oshkosh really played nice in that one. And then Nebraska Wesleyan, I had them in my top 25. I think I had an 18th. Um, their out-of-conference, as we said, was tough to gauge. I think this was the first time in the, this weekend was the first time they played anybody who's been in the top 25 this season. Well, they did play Wartburg, but Wartburg, by the time they played him, was out of the top 25. Um, they're a good team, and, and wow, I didn't, see what, I didn't see what we saw in Whitman uh, in any way, shape, or form, huh, folks? Uh, absolutely stunning, uh, to say the least as to what happened there. Um, but hats off. Uh, hats off, to say the least. 
um, impressive. Um, the, I, I, there's no other way of describing uh, that in any way, shape, or form except that impressive. Uh, they shot 68% from the floor. They shot um, 62% from beyond the arc. What I was really blown away with was the fact that this team um, didn't seem to um, let up. Whitman didn't play badly if you look at stats-wise. Uh, they didn't play well either, don't get me wrong. They just got blown off the floor. And sometimes matchups are matchups, plain and simple. Sometimes you just get a weird matchup, and it sets itself up in a way that um, blows a team away. And, and consider the fact that before that, you also had um, a game against Platteville that came down to a last-second shot. They had to hit a running kind of layup. A little running jumper on the on the baseline with three seconds on the clock to win it, and then Plantville blows the the inbounds play to get a last shot off at midcourt. Uh, I don't think Plantville would have matched up that way and blown Whitman off the floor. It's amazing sometimes how matchups just play a role. And hats off Nebraska Wesley. And last time they were in the NCAA tournament final four, it was in Salem's second year in 1997. Last time Ramapo was in the Final Four, 1991. Uh, last time Springfield was in the Final Four, never. First time for Springfield, first time for Oshkosh. Speaking of Springfield, oh, hey, by the way, speaking of Springfield, um, remember, they were one of the last teams in. They were a bubble team. And the on the bracket show, Turner uh, or Tupelo Raycom, depending on how you look at it, the production team, we're pretty savvy. Um, did you get a chance to see Springfield celebrate? If you didn't get a chance to see how how Springfield enjoyed this chance, this opportunity, and what they were doing as they were waiting to see if they were even in this tournament in the first place, remember they're a bubble team. They've they lost the New Mac in the semifinals. They didn't know if they were going to get in on our show. We ended up having them behind Amherst, even though I wished they had been ahead of Amherst. It came down to the end. There was one last pod to reveal, and Springfield's name hadn't been counted. This was what they showed when they um, um, when they got selected. It's it's absolutely worth watching again. Good afternoon, and welcome to the 2018 Division Three Men's Basketball Selection Show. I'm your host, Kyle Bynum. Today we celebrate these 64 teams whose seasons continue in pursuit of a national championship. The Warriors will face Johnson and Wales. The Wildcats won the Great Northeast Athletic Conference Championship. The next game in Baltimore kicks off with MIT. The New Mac Tournament champs defeated WPI for a second straight championship. And the final team in this year's field is Springfield. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. Uh, and, you know, as, as Charlie Brock said right at the end of that, let's take it on the road. And they talk about family. They took it on the road. They won four games on the road. They won at Cabrini against Albright and then Cabrini, BDO host. 
They then beat Hamilton, and they beat Swarthmore, the second weekend outside Philadelphia, one of the hosts. The win against Springfield, you got to feel for Hamilton. Hamilton had one free throw. Hit that free throw. Well, they had more than one, but hit that free throw at the end, and this game's over. And my, uh, Springfield's got no chance. They left the door open, and McNulty nailed a three-pointer from the top of the key from about 25, 30 feet. Buried it. And then McNulty hit another one in overtime to win the game. McNulty, as I said, was filthy. He was then filthy against uh, Swarthmore. That was a back-and-forth first half. Swarthmore looked really good. Uh, Springfield came back. And then Springfield put their foot down in the second half, and Swarthmore looked tired. Hats off to Springfield. Um, Charlie Brock, apropos, he wouldn't talk about it on the show last week, but I know it means a lot to him that he's returning to Salem. Um, I should say, he's not returning to Salem. He's been to Salem almost every year. He's been part of the NABC group that goes there. Part of the NABC group that puts that all-star game on, has done incredible things. He's been a committee chair. He knows Salem well. He's now getting a chance to bring his team. And as one person said it, we're bringing the team from the birthplace of basketball to Salem for its final year. That's just fun. It's just, it's one of a, a ton of storylines. Nebraska Wesleyan finally decided, you know what? We're, we're diving into D3 full-time. We're not going to be a split member anymore. We're going for it. Forgive the noises you may be hearing in the background. Apparently my family is doing some craziness upstairs. Not really sure why. But Nebraska Wesleyan, two years removed from saying, hey, we're going to split with the NAIA and D3, not offer scholarships, do any of that. They're in the Final Four two years later, after the second full year in Division Three. They were, they've been runner-up before in Division Three. And then you got Oshkosh, who was left behind by Platteville and Stevens Point, um, looked to struggle at times in conference play, went on a tear, an absolute tear, in the NCAA tournament and beat Augustana. If I have this right. And it's something worth watching. The last, and by the way, to you who just turned on on Facebook, thank you for coming. I thought we hit our live button. We didn't hit it. For those in who have beaten Augustana the last, I think, seven straight years have gone on in the NCAA tournament, have gone on to win the national championship. And something like 12 of the last 16 years that Augustana has lost the NCAA tournament, they have lost to the eventual national champions. I'm not saying Augustana has a lot on the line, but we'll have to watch that. I mean, Oshkosh has a lot on the line. And then you've got Ramapo. Ramapo and the NJAC have been knocked for not getting out of the opening weekend, not getting out of the first round even. In this century, only two team, only twice has an NJAC team gotten out of the first weekend. They've gotten all the way to the Final Four. It's been stocked in both times. Ramapo had this chance in 2005, blew it in the Sweet 16. It was a year York ended up getting all the way to the Final Four. First time in the Final Four since 91 for Ramapo. And the NJAC was six teams in. The WIAC now has five teams who've gotten to the Final Four. Of course, NESCAC's had five teams in the last four years. Absolutely phenomenal uh, what these four teams have done. Um, it's going to be fun. It's absolutely going to be a blast. Looking forward to it, to say the least. Hope you'll enjoy it as well. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, Kevin says he picked the wrong year not to have time to pay attention uh, to D3Hoops. Well, you are right. 
Uh, this is the wrong year if you're not paying attention to what we are doing and what's going on in Division Three basketball. Again, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. I apologize to our our fans. Uh, Brian says go Oshkosh on Facebook because we only got the, uh, the simulcast up about two minutes ago. Uh, quite a bit late in the show. I apologize, guys. Uh, we thought we had hit live on that earlier, and apparently it did not take. Um, but we're up now. The only thing you missed, basically, was uh, some video we showed out of Springfield. Um on the women's side, chalk, as we said, one, two, three, and five are moving on to the NCAA tournament, or to the Final Four, I should say. Um, I think that's almost as best we could. I think we could have. I can't remember. I got to look at the bracket again. I, I keep forgetting if the top four could have gotten there. But more importantly, for the top five is pretty darn phenomenal. Bowden looked darn good, darn, darn, darn good. Uh, really impressed with how they played. I thought Tufts was coming back on them in the third quarter, and then they put their foot down. Amherst looked interesting. Um. Both games, I thought they were starting to get themselves in trouble. First time I've seen them put teams away, they put Rochester away in that Elite Eight game. Uh, Rochester was within nine or so uh, midway through the third quarter. I went to check another game, came back, and all of a sudden it was a 15-point game and, and Amherst was walking away. Uh, first time I've seen them put a team away offensively. Really impressive. Um, Wartburg, I think, sent a message. They absolutely rolled through that trying defense, and that trying defense is no joke. And if anything, they certainly, in my opinion, put put a message on everybody else, including the Bodens and Amherst of the world who play that type of defense. Not here, not tonight. You're not going to do that with us. And that might give them a heck of a of a first look for sure. Um, and then I thought for a minute there, East Texas Baptist was going to get past Wartburg. Uh, ETBU had a really good weekend, though there's going to be some controversy in their St. Thomas game. I think it was their game. Am I correct? There were a couple buzzer beaters at the end of quarters that maybe need to be reviewed. We'll talk more about maybe things we need to change at the end of the show. And then Thomas Moore getting revenge over Hope. Um, remember, Hope knocked Thomas Moore out of the uh, NCAA tournament last year at Thomas Moore on this particular weekend. And that was like the first time they had lost at home in five-some-odd years. Well, Thomas Moore returned the favor at Hope in a game that they controlled a lot of the end of. But all the games were fascinating to watch. You're probably curious who we got on the show. Brian says uh, Oshkosh's first time in the Final Four. It is Oshkosh's first time in the Final Four, along with Springfield. And it's Ramapos and Nebraska Wesleyan's first time in the Final Four uh, in a generation as uh, Ramapo 91 and, and Nebraska Wesleyan 97. Coming up on the show, we'll talk to Bat, uh, Pat Chuckum from, uh, from Oshkosh, talk to him about his Titans. Uh, Adrian Scheibels will join us from Bowden. Jeff Hans from Thomas Moore. Dave Dale Wellman from Nebraska Wesleyan. And then Ryan Scott and Pat Cunningham from the NABC. Uh, Ryan Scott from D3Hoops.com. Pat Cunningham from the NABC joins us to talk about the upcoming All-Star game. So that's still ahead here on Hoopsville. Going to try and keep things rolling tonight so we can get off at a reasonable time. For those of you who are watching the D1 Selection Show, where have you been? Uh, to quote uh, our buddy uh, Bob Quillman, <laughs> Bob had one of the best lines nearly spit my drink out early on in the thing he said I never thought I'd see the day where the D3 selection show is better than the D1 show someone get Dave McHugh on this thing to save it I, I appreciate by the way the love to say the least he also said we didn't have Pizza Hut as a sponsor but I know D3 selection show I was on was way better than this 
Sounds like the I did not watch a D1 show. I was getting ready for the for this and having dinner with my family. Maybe I gotta go back and watch that. It sounds like it was a debacle. Um, but I appreciate Bob Quillman with a love. Bob, I hope you're A, watching, but B, you're coming to Salem. Apparently your new team is Nebraska Wesleyan, but more importantly, I hope you're coming to Salem for other uh, selfish reasons. I'll mention this later, and I'll mention it in many times. We'll mention it on social media. NABC Division Three coaches, I hope you are headed to Salem, and if you are and you are in town Thursday night, don't forget about the Hoopsville reception at Corn Beef. Also goes for any of those close to, to Hoopsville and friends of ours. Um starts at 6 o'clock. We don't tend to broadcast that here on Hoopsville, but this year we are because we want to get as many coaches there as possible. So if you are tuned in or you're watching us on Twitter, don't forget 6 p.m. Thursday night, Corn Beef and Company, D3 Coaches. It is the Hoopsville reception. We look forward to seeing you there. And with that, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll start things off with one of the first teams making the NCAA tournament for the very first time. It is Oshkosh. Their head coach joins me. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA and ABC Studios, more Hoops will have to this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Salem, Virginia. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, 
you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, so we have two first-timers in the NCAA Tournament Final Four in men's basketball, and we have two first-time and a really darn long-timers uh, in the tournament or in, in Salem, which is kind of appropriate that we end Salem with a little bit of freshness. Uh, also, no purple teams. For any of you keeping track at home, that's a little bit strange for most of us. There is no purple, but a lot of black. One of the teams that wears a lot of black, along with some yellow and some other colors, is the last Wyack team remaining and the fifth one to make the NCAA tournament, which is certainly darn impressive. Joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline, it is the head coach of the Titans of Oshkosh. It is Pat Yuckum. And Coach, thanks for taking the time. Dave, great to be on with you. I appreciate it. Uh, sadly, I can't believe this is the first time we're talking to you this season, but uh, that's something we're obviously taking care of now. Um, first and foremost, some really hard battles, not only this weekend, but throughout the NCAA tournament. But let's take back uh, 24 hours to that game against Augustana. You guys played them earlier in the year, went double OT. I think Augustana got the win. This time, uh, it also goes overtime. A little deja vu, a little oh my gosh here, or what was what was going on through your head? Yeah, well, actually, we beat them. Uh, you beat them. That's right. Yep. In, in double overtime. Yeah, great. I mean, uh, uh, terrific games. And and you know, the, last night's still a bit of a blur. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but you know, both a lot of similarities uh, between the games. Um, just yeah, the two really good teams that that play really hard and and uh, are very familiar with one another. Um, and and as I told their coach and some of their players after, you know, we've you know great respect for them and their program, what they've done, and I think just competing with them over the years has certainly made us better. Um, you know, they've sort of certainly sort of certain standard, I think in the, in our region and, um, you know, our guys showed great resolve. It was a great atmosphere. It's, it's kind of what you hope for. I think if you get to that far in the tournament that you get to play in a packed house and, uh, you know, uh, hostile, uh, you know, for us, but, uh, our guys embraced it. It was a lot of fun. Well, it certainly was a, a fun to watch. I was watching from afar and uh, not there, but, you know, to get there in the first place, you had to get past Wittenberg and uh, and Marietta at Wittenberg. Um, and, and Marietta, I, I'll be honest, wasn't blown away that you guys got past them. It was the Wittenberg game that really made me take notice because I thought Wittenberg, until the end of the season, was playing some of the best basketball in the country. What did you guys see in that matchup, granted on very short notice, that you thought you could take advantage of and, and get that victory? Sure. Well, we... First of all, it, it was um, you know it was refreshing to go and play some some teams and some programs that we were unfamiliar with in some ways, and uh, certainly familiar in terms of uh, their tradition and seeing them in the polls and the rankings, but really not having a chance to have studied them or played them in the past. And that was uh, 
again, that was refreshing, I think, to, to go and to just kind of see how we measured up. Um, you know, specific to Wittenberg, um, you know, it, uh, we played them obviously on the, on the second night, and uh, my assistants had been doing the prep on those guys, and it just shared some insights, with, you know, along the way that they were similar to a team in our league in terms of style of play, and that happened to be River Falls. Um, and so when we did get past Marietta and had a quick turnaround, we were able at least to, I think, give our players a quick framework um, that they could kind of grasp onto in terms of, you know, what we need to do to be successful, a team that's really committed to re- transition and, you know, really good big kids and, and play inside out, which is very similar to um, a, the quality River Falls program in our league. So I thought that helped us. Um, but that certainly, um, we had to go and be able to execute that plan as well. And our guys, we had a terrific first half. Um, you know, they scored in the mid-80s. I think we held them to 19 points in the first half. And, and they made some great adjustments in the second half and made a run, and, and we were able to counter at the end and, and get out of there. It was a heck of a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, to say the least. And you move on, and then the Emory game, by the time I tuned in, was over. Uh, you guys seemed to pretty much handle Emory pretty well. Did, did you just like how you matched up in that one better? You know, again, it was another team that, you know, wasn't we weren't real familiar with and obviously had the week to prepare and study them and, again, had great respect for how they play and the skill. Um, and we thought there were some things that we could take advantage of. Um, and, and we helped that we, we shot the ball really well, which, uh, you know, that always helps uh, when, you, when you can, uh, you know, Charlie Noon uh, had a great game that night. But our guys defended well, and, and they're, hard, they're hard to guard. They run really good stuff, and that whole league is – pretty sophisticated i think in their offensive approach so again it was a good challenge for us to hone in on how we needed to defend and 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 uh, you know give them some trouble and, and our guys executed that terrifically uh, then, on friday night and then the augustana game uh, we all knew that um ben boots was a pretty good darn player but what he did in that overtime um to essentially put that game away with a couple of threes it felt like every time i turned my turn to look at another game or look at something else he he would bury a three and change the complexion of the game in that last part of the second half and in overtime. I mean, phenomenal. And I know he's not the only story here. Yeah, you know, he's a, uh, he's a young man that really, if anything, embraces or relishes games like that, you know, and, and that moment. And he's, he's got sort of an unflappable confidence. Um, his teammates have a great belief in him, and he's just continued to improve. But, um, it's a great comfort as a coach to have someone who's you know has the ball in their hands a lot um, and has such confidence to make the right play. And he just you know Charlie Noon had fouled out early in the second half, and uh, he's a big part of what we do. Um, and I think Ben just kind of knew that he had to do probably a little bit more and, and attack a little bit more. Mm. And he just had that look. And mm. uh, quite honestly, my job and the assistants helped me with this was just to kind of stay out of his way and not screw it up. <laughs> uh, 37 minutes, 36 points on 12 of 23 shooting, 3 for 18 from beyond the arc, 4 for 5 from the free throw line. Big win. First time Oshkosh is, is headed to the Final Four in Division Three uh, in program history. Uh, now with a fifth WIAC team to, to do so, along with Stevens Point, Whitewater, Platteville, appropriately enough, um, et cetera. What's I mean, the women have had a lot of success of late, um, but what does this mean to the men's program and, and as a result to the school? Well, we're obviously we're, we're thrilled. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, sure. It's, it's uh, you know, when you're in this profession long enough, like, you do think about what that would be like, you know, the, the, the mystical, magical Final Four. Um, and we've been fortunate to be in, you know, this is our third straight NCAA tournament, um, 
and, and we hadn't advanced in our in our first two years. Um, and, and so I think coming into this year in our third year, and, and, and Ben and Charlie and our juniors and seniors having had played in three NSA tournaments now, I think we all felt like, it, you know, this was, it's time. Now we've learned some lessons um, along the way, not only, you know, throughout this season, but in the past that we could hopefully apply um, as we, you know, went forward in the tournament. And then I tell you what, um, you know, just the, our team this year, we felt just, just, you know, our goal was to max out whatever that may be to max out what this team could be. And we felt even at the end of the regular season and we lost to, uh, in the semifinals that we still had another um, level we, ha- we hadn't reached and uh, kind of getting our, catching our breath over the weekend, getting in the tournament, having some really good focus practice. Our guys have grown so much in the last two weeks and we're, you know, I think we're kind of finding that hopefully that we got a little more left that we can find and, and peak at the, the appropriate time. But uh, it's, um, it's awful, you know, awfully exciting. And, and uh, it's been our, our, you know, this is my sixth year. We've, we've kind of built it kind of, I think, systematically step by step um, with some really good guys, some, some high character guys. And it's been, it, it's been, you know, a gradual thing. And uh, this was just a, another terrific step. And, um, we're excited for the opportunity to con- continue to practice and play and have more opportunities. Let's back up to the regular season in the WIAC. You guys ended up finishing 9-5, and five, lost five times, twice to, uh, to uh, Platteville, um, counting the conference tournament twice to Stevens Point. You also lost to Eau Claire and you lost to Whitewater. I'll admit, I was sitting there going, geez, I thought Oshkosh was good. I had you guys in my top five at one point. Um, and, and I knew the Wyack had become very competitive. Don't get me wrong. And Stevenson Point surprised me. But you also had the Whitewater and the Eau Claire game, losing twice to Stevens Point, both the times. Play. I, I was left confused. It w- was What was I not seeing or understanding that was going on in there that really revealed you were better than maybe that resume was telling us? You know, we, we've... We've had we had some inconsistency. Uh, I think the other thing is just, you know, there in our league, like any group of the really good leagues, and there's many in the country. You just, you know, you, you keep rolling every Wednesday and Saturday is another really good opponent, and um, you just don't really have much of a chance to catch your breath or to really regroup. It's just the next one comes quickly, and uh, you know, we just kind of struggle with some consistency. Um, you know, whether it be rotation, um, some, you know, just our uh, our, our, our support from our bench, and that's been the really nice thing to see as we've gotten into this postseason. Our, our 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 reinforcements off the bench have really, really been timely, and they've contributed in in a more impactful way uh, than than we quite honestly had had throughout the season, and that's made a huge difference for us. And I can see their confidence has has surged, and um, um, we've we've kind of ridden that a little bit right now. But you know, I think it was. As our coaching staff, we were um, we remained you know positive about what this team could be, in knowing that any season or journey is not usually a smooth one. There's there's some some hills and valleys along the way, and just kind of to stay focused on how we can improve. And um, um, you know we've cleaned some things up. We've cut our turnovers back uh, significantly. That was kind of one of our Achilles, is when we were playing poorly. Um, we just got a little loose with the basketball and, and a lot of unforced mistakes and just passing and catching and, you know, footwork. And, um, you know, that, that leads to other issues often. We've, we've been terrific with the basketball, very sure. I think we've averaged, uh, we had seven turnovers last night uh, in 45 minutes of play at Augustana, which is 
uh, remarkable, quite honestly, with how yeah. they pressure and challenge you. And so that's one been the biggest thing I think I've seen over the last you know four or five games is we've just have taken care of the basketball, and that's helped us helps our defense. Um, it's helped us just get more opportunities, and and um, you know our, our guys have really bought into like that's the recipe for Oshkosh to be at the best. Um, all right, I know you haven't had much time, but looking ahead to Salem, looking ahead to Ramapo, who you'll face off in in the first sem- in one of the semifinals. Your your thoughts on what you guys have ahead? Don't know much about them, quite honestly. Um, we had a chance to we had the bus ride home this morning from from Rock Island, and you know had some video queued up, and and uh, you know just taking sort of a overview peripheral look. Just you know a couple of things jump out. Just you know, a familiar. I've seen them in the in the polls and, mm-hmm. and know they're a quality program just based on that kind of familiarity. But it's um, I'm excited that we've had a you know with the four well three of the four teams we've played now in the tournament had no previous experience with. Um, it's kind of fun uh, to go and study and learn about a new team and how they approach things and how they're maybe different than what we stress. Um, but what jumps out, Ramapo, just their defensive uh, field goal percentages. Um, I think 38%, which is uh, incredibly strong, um, and they, they rebound the basketball. They get to the free-throw line. I know they have five senior starters, and so they've got some grown men that they throw out there. And uh, just looking a little bit at the film, you can see that these are, you know, they got some veteran guys that, that certainly don't want their careers to end, and mm-hmm. they've had a, obviously had a heck of a run in this postseason. So it'll be a terrific challenge, and we're excited to get to – learn them, but also, you know, focus as much on us. That's been a key for us as we've been focusing more on Oshkosh maybe than anything else, and that's been probably the best recipe is we've gotten better in the last couple weeks. I certainly have shown it. Um, what is, I mean, was this ultimately the goal? Did you have a team you thought, you, whether beginning of the season, middle of the season, whenever, you thought could pull this off? Quite honestly, you know, we don't usually, we don't talk about, sure. you know, specific goals and numbers, but just knowing, I think, where this team could get. And, uh, you know, we played uh, some, some good programs in non-conference at St. Norbert, uh, you know, Augustana at our place, uh, went to Calvin. Um, you know, we saw glimpses of, of what this team could become. And uh, knowing that we have, um, you know, veteran guards and we have some pretty talented uh, younger big kids and that, we have some versatility and, and some completeness in terms of we can attack in some different ways that quite honestly, the teams I've had maybe haven't had been quite as complete. Um, and knowing that we just had, we had a lot of growth potential and can we, can we max it out as we talked about? And, and uh, so, um, you know, the hardest part as you know, is just getting in the tournament. And uh, once you get in, all bets are off. We'd been battle tested with uh, our league play and, um, you know, we were excited to be sent away from the area, quite honestly. I think that's another thing. Just we've spent, you know, ten, well, four days, five days on the road together, two consecutive weeks. And the closeness um, of our guys, that you've just seen that continue to blossom. And I think that has a real effect as well. We've carried that over. We're, we've got a really tight group right now, and they're having a good balance of really enjoying and embracing this journey but being able to stay focused on the task ahead, it's, it's a, been a nice balance and shows the maturity of our group. You guys were the story of last year's tournament because you had one of the more ridiculous resumes I think we've seen in a long time <laughs> when it comes to an at-large team. And a sky-high SOS, ridiculous numbers of results versus regionally ranked opponents, but honestly, not the greatest win-loss percentage when you add it all up. You guys were selected. It was the outlier. Had a thrilling game in the first round against Hope. 
How much was that experience maybe, um, and maybe coming in a little bit on the quieter side this time, maybe beneficial? You know, I think it was. I mean, we, we um, yeah, last year that we, I guess we were the talk of that first <laughs> that first yeah, week, just a wee bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we were, you know, we felt that we, the way we were playing at the end of the year, uh, like many teams who you know peak at the right time, that if we could just get in, you know, we could do some. We could, we had a shot, and um, we played a really talented Hope team. It was a great game. Um, I think they beat us by two, and then they went on to beat uh, Washu the next night. So, you know, we were we were a quality team that I think ultimately showed it belonged. Um, you know, regardless of debate over the the resume and mm-hmm. what have you. But we did, you know, mm-hmm. we did. I remember that we cited that actually last night. We had some of our alumni. We, I had a bunch of seniors last year in that locker room at Hope, and they made the the, um, the drive over to Rock Island last night, and they were back in the locker room with us because we talked about after that Hope game. That you know we're you know we've been knocking on the door as a program. Um, we're gonna eventually we're gonna kick it down, yeah. and that group of seniors, uh, you know Sean Dwyer, um, AJ Miller, Taylor Jansen, you're gonna be here with us when we do it. And uh, to have them in our locker room last night, I mean, there were tears flowing from those guys. Was um, man, it was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. So I think we absolutely took something away from that and applied it, and it's helped us uh, to get where we're at right now. The other question of that, though, is your schedule, as you hinted at earlier, and because of how you got into the tournament last year, has shown that you have gone out there and absolutely, and I don't mean this negatively, but maybe overscheduled. I mean, you have gone out there and really gotten some big teams to play and, and boosted your resume. I'm highly suspect that, that that's to help you get ready for the WIAC, but is there anything else going on with that mentality that you guys have had? I mean, I, I get it to some degree, but it feels like you've also gone to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, scheduling, we have to schedule now 11 non-conference games. Yeah, true. And, um, you know, my phone's not burning with people coming asking to call, to play us. Really? Um, <laughs> so It might be less now, uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just, you know, we're fortunate. Obviously, we have a lot of terrific Division III, um, you know, conferences right in, right in our backyard. And um, so I, I know our guys, and I ask our guys in terms of, you know, you want to put them in a position to succeed. But if I'm in their shoes and I've got really competitive young men, they want to test themselves and and they want to play really good teams. And uh, so, so listen, that's just how we're going to lay it out. And it's up our job to um, to attack it and keep getting better. And you know, last year um, we took a you know we we took a couple knocks in non-conference play, but also it certainly propelled us. Um, I thought into the conference season and, and did. Um, it tests us, you know, we were more battle tested, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. I guess there's different philosophies. Sure. Uh, I just, I, you know, we want to just keep getting better and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not the smartest approach, but, uh, um, if we can become the best we can become and that's part of it, then, then I think that's just how we'll keep doing it. No, certainly. I, I understand that, uh, very much so. Um, no pressure, but if I have this accurately, I believe the last seven teams to defeat Augustana and knock them out of the NCAA tournament. And 12 of the last 16 have gone on to win the national title. So no pressure. <laughs> um, but I think expectations have been raised. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, knowing Augustana as well as we do, um, and, and you do as well, Dave, it, it, you have to be pretty good to beat them. Yes. And, uh, so um, if you're able to knock, off, uh, knock them off, then you're, 
you could probably go toe to toe with anybody. Um, I don't know how we'll use that or leverage that uh, that stat. I don't. <laughs> we like to always look for those little things that we can, because um, our guys uh, get fired up over oh, uh, perceived slights and things oh, like that. I don't know that. I that, haven't. That one's not. I so haven't much. noticed at all. <laughs> I say that across the board. That's not just for you. <laughs> well, um, well, congratulations. Um, outstanding. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Salem and talking to you more there. Uh, and getting to see the team up close and personal for the first time. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Absolutely. Well, two quick things. One is just, uh, again, thanking you um, for what the, the platform that you guys have created for Division III um, sports and, and certainly specifically to basketball. It, it's, um, we all have benefited from that, and, and it's just really uh, great to see how it's continued to evolve. And I've got a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old boy who – uh, are on the message. No, they don't commit. They don't uh, write in the message board, <clears> thankfully. <throat> but they are uh-huh. they are reading them. They're they're on. They're listening to your program, and and uh, so I know they're bought in. Um, so thank you, um, Pat, and yourself for and everything you guys do. And then this other thing is I, I need to just be. Uh, I'm thankful for my coaching staff, um, who you know now that you know we've had a, a really great run. Um, you know I, I'm getting requests for interviews and this and that. Um, but I really, the credit goes to our staff. Uh, I've got a tremendous staff. Matt Lewis is a, a head assistant and, and fantastic. He came when we got here six years ago, and we've kind of done it step by step together. Uh, Greg Yankee, Dylan Wirtz, and, and Ben Stelzer. And I'm blessed to have. I've got a lot of weaknesses, and I've got some some smart guys around me, which which help uh, help us help our program tremendously. Outstanding. Well, congratulations to you, them, and the players. Look forward to seeing you, as I said, in Salem, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. Pat Youngcomb joining us from Oshkosh on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. We will be in the City of Salem for the Final Four. Championship weekend coming up in a bit. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll head up to Maine. Talk to Bowden and Adrian Scheibels. Talk to her about how her team is getting ready for the second trip in program history to the championship weekend. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. 
there's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Rochester, Minnesota. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. On this Sunday night, uh, it might be our last Sunday live show, to be honest with you, our last studio live show, to be honest with you. Depends on how we decide to do the final show of the season. It's always up in the air. There's years we've turned it around. Last year, we never even got it off on the air as the computer crashed on us finally. And I say finally because it had been on its last legs for a while. This year, we'll either do a live show or we will do uh, a pre-tape show. Uh, we'll figure it out as we cross the border. Um, okay, so on the men's side, it's pure, complete chaos. There's one top 25 team in the entire Final Four. It's a 24th-ranked team. On the women's side, it couldn't have gotten any better. Four teams in the top five into the NCAA tournament and into the Final Four and on to playing in Rochester, Minnesota. Well, what does it mean to play in Minnesota? What does it mean to get there for the second time in program history? We haven't talked to Bowden in a little while. Polar Bears have lived up to expectations, to say the least, and did away with their Nescac foe um, Tufts in the last round. They won't have to see their next foe unless they get to the championship game, or I should say if both teams get to the championship game. In the meantime, though, Adrian Scheibels and Bowden have to take on number 5 Warburg and joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. It is the aforementioned Adrian Scheibels, and Coach, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Congratulations. Uh, second time in program history, first time in a while uh, that the Polar Bears are here. I remember talking to you, I think it was back in December, and and you had a lot of confidence with this team and what you, you could accomplish, though we knew it was going to make the NESCAC a little bit messier. Um, has this, I, I think it's a dumb question, but I'll ask it anyway, has this lived up to expectations? Uh, absolutely, it has. I mean, we were really disappointed uh, to go out a little bit early in the NESCAC um, playoffs and but i think that really fueled our fire it made us better um we took away a lot of of good stuff from that loss so the adversity just really um moved us forward in a, in a really positive direction that i i knew this team was special um and i'm really excited yeah i i would be too um you go to scranton for starters and you looked really good in scranton it looked like you guys were comfortable in that gym to some degree um, in the Tufts game especially, I remember watching you guys had the lead. It looks like you were pulling away. Then Tufts started to come back, and I remember thinking to myself, okay, we're down to single digits. We're down to two possessions, maybe one. Tufts is going to make this a game, and this is going right to the end. I looked over at another game, came back, and went, oh, okay, it's 20 points now. I guess that's short-lived. What, what happened in that game, and how did you guys eventually pull, pull away from a team that had beaten you in the NESCAC tournament? Um. Yeah, we had beaten them earlier in the season, and then, uh, you know, I think they really came into playoffs um, with a lot of emotion, and um, they really, really beat us up on the board. So we have worked very hard on that. We've emphasized it every day in practice. And um, so I think our, our rebounding really um, was exceptional this weekend, um, and so I think that was a, a big reason for the 
the two victories um, for sure. Uh, it made a big difference, uh, that's for sure. Did you guys feel like there was pressure um, at all? Your last loss, again, being the Tufts, you'd lost to Amherst prior to that. That was it this season. It was two NESCAC losses. Uh, even though you were at Scranton, you would have to get past another one-loss team in Scranton first and then eventually Tufts. Was there pressure to that in any degree, or maybe was it because it was at Scranton and it was completely off, uh, maybe off the, uh, or under the radar and off, uh, no pressure at all, off your shoulders is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I think that the women are really embracing the pressure. I think it's a positive okay. thing for them rather than a fear of failure right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, when we found out we were going to Scranton, there was no, I mean, I just love their reaction. There was no, oh, what if it had been at Bowdoin? What if it had been in Tufts? It was just, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, and so the people um, at Scranton were super nice. I mean, just got to love a town that loves its women's basketball. Yes. And, um, you know, they cheered hard for Scranton, but they couldn't have been nicer after the game. And um, it was just, it was a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, it is a wonderful atmosphere. You did have the long haul. I knew there were, I, I, I was pretty, pretty strong suspicion you weren't going to be hosting since one of those opponents was uh, further away from you guys um, than anybody else. Yeah, over absolutely. 500. Yeah. But yeah. we knew that Tufts could be in the mix, and Scranton, I thought, was going to be that host. So you had a long trip. Uh, I know that trip to some degree. Uh, it is boring as heck. Coming across, I think, is it I-84 um, from yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, just got home about two hours yeah, ago from that is, trip, so I know it well. I don't know if that's the route you took, but from Connecticut to Scranton over 84 is not the most exciting part, and we still haven't talked about going through Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys get prepared for a trip like that and, and kind of settle in, as it were, because that, it's long. It's not easy. Yeah. Well, I think we're a bit of uh, we're road warriors. I mean, we okay. we had to go to Hamilton, which was an eight hour trip, True. and then turn around the next day and drive four hours back yep. to Amherst. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing that we're used to in the Nuskak, and um, we actually got to break up the trip on the way down as we had that huge nor'easter. So we stopped, yes. and our friends at Trinity let us practice oh. there, and we camped out at um, in Hartford. Um, so that was it was nice to split it up on the way down, but but we are used to that that sort of travel. Okay, so uh, that's nice. You did get to split it up. Uh, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I remember you and I talking about that um, January 26th, 27th scenario where you were going to have to, and it stuck with me the rest of the season, where you were going to have to haul out to Hamilton, play a game, and then the next afternoon have to be uh, several hours back towards where you came from to play Amherst. At, at, and, and I noticed, I thought you guys handled that pretty well. Uh, dominating win over Hamilton, not that surprising, but a tight matchup. With Amherst, how much has the NESCAC prepared you for this tournament, despite the fact, as everyone knows, you're not necessarily playing a double round robin? Yeah, I think it's absolutely prepared us. And we, we really tried to beef up our non-conference schedule mm -hmm. as well. We played some really tough opponents, you know, UMass, Dartmouth, MIT. I mean, I think we played five of the automatic qualifiers um, yeah. in the non-conference schedule. So, I mean, our schedule really prepared us in the NESCAC play it's just um as you know I, the teams in our conference are so good that the coaching is exceptional the defense is really really good um so you you just can't have an off night in our conference it's funny people who might look at your schedule and say geez they played Maine Presque Isle and I'm thinking to myself that's a short trip compared to some of the ones you took uh <laughs> this season and that's a long trip in many other people's worlds um you guys certainly again flew a little bit under the radar uh, Amherst took a lot of the headlines. Tufts and their struggles took a lot of the headlines. Did that help as well? 
I mean, it didn't seem like the polar bears were were the first thought on everybody's minds necessarily. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it it helped, um, but I do think it, you know it just kind of it fueled our fire a little bit more to know that we were being left out of the conversation. And um, but um, yeah. I mean, that being said, we just we don't get you know we don't talk a lot about you know. Um, we're not being, you know, discussed on D3 hoops. We don't focus on that a lot. We just go about our business. But um, I knew that this team could achieve this kind of um, this kind of season this year. Uh, you, by the way, we should point out you've got the little three covered very well. I forgot to mention that the last time you were on, uh, having graduated from Bates, coached at Colby, and now you're at at Bowdoin. You've got that main three well covered. Yeah. Um, that that's <laughs> got to be some kind of an, somewhat of an advantage. Yes. Um, well, I do think it is. I mean, to have have played and uh, coached in the league, um, you know, just have a real. I just love. I love our conference. I think it's just it's such a a wonderful um, environment for student athletes um, to play in and to 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 study at one of the NESCAC schools. So I'm a big believer in our league. What I find interesting, though, is you moved back to Maine, but not for this job. You moved back for the private school world, if I, if I read your resume correct, and Gould Academy, which I've known, I, I looked at it as a, as a school when I was going through, um, and coached there to three main state championships, which is uh, a feat among itself, uh, though under the old East-West system. Uh, you and I can talk off air about the new North-South system. Um, what got you back to the college, I guess, would be my question. How, what, what, uh, what drew you back to the D3 in the college ranks? Yeah, well... I mean, I left Swarthmore because we wanted to get back to to Maine, or I wanted to get back to Maine. Um, we, yeah, yeah, you. I mean, my husband's from Philly, but yeah, we, no. we, we we really wanted to make that move for our, our kids, who at the time were our daughters were one and two, and um, I really wanted to spend some time just really focusing on being a mom. But okay. I mean, the coaching bug just you know it just <laughs> doesn't leave you. So as soon as I got there, all of a sudden I was coaching the team and. Then I was dean of athletics, and then um, when the Bowdoin job opened, I was um, I just had been missing working with the collegiate student athletes mm. in particular. And Steph Pemper called and said, "You should really apply." We had, <laughs> you know, we had been really friendly through our association when I was at Swarthmore. We had played each other a couple mm-hmm. times, so um, and I have the utmost respect for her. And she just she got me thinking about it, and um, it was just a dream come true. And Bowdoin really, it was lovely that they took a chance on me like that ever after having been out of the college game for three years. What class was Gould at the time in, in State of Maine? Class D. They were D, really? Were, yeah, Class D. But it's not easy to win state championships, period, the way the, the structure is set up in Maine. Um, you got to win your, your side first and then go on to the state championship. But to, in D, it's, it's, I, I find it C and D tend to be ever-flowing. Uh, it's constantly changing depending on, on numbers. That's not easy either because you just never know who you're going to face. So to win three is hats off to you, um, to say the least. What now? I, you, I mean, you're now flying to Rochester, Minnesota. Um, you're not unfamiliar with the weather. Um, how do you get this team kind of mentally prepared to take on the number two undefeated Wartburg squad without the spotlight and, and all the show, as it were, from being a distraction? Um, I'm not too concerned about it. I, I really feel this, that this team is meant very mentally tough. Um, they're physically tough and they're mentally tough, and um, they're very focused on achieve, achieving the highest level of accomplishment this year, which is a national championship. Um, 
And so I don't think I'll have to, you know, talk to them about focusing or, you know, just being complacent after beating our rival um, to get to the Final Four. They're, they're going to be focused. They're going to come into practice tomorrow ready to go. And um, the travel is not going to bother us. Well, you're flying. Uh, yeah. Let's just get that out of the way. That's easy. Yeah, um, no, um, it's very, um, no, it's great. Unless they're shipping in Newark to fly out. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be cake. One last note we should point out. We mentioned Swarthmore. And that's where you met your husband, Kirk, who played on played for Swarthmore. Um, of course, Swarthmore had a chance to go to the Final Four. Um, a little birdie told me you guys were struggling a little bit to, to try and figure out how to keep track of, of the game, considering it was happening at the same time as yours last night. Yeah, my husband was home in Maine, and he had our game on, on the big screen TV, and then he had their game on his computer, and he was you know texting with all of his his former teammates, but we were really uh, rooting for Swarthmore and Landry, who's been just an amazing coach. Um, it's just great to see what he's done with that program. Any bragging rights? Haha, <laughs> we I got passed. You, your team didn't. None of that. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you've got a chance. <laughs> uh, I really, I met him for the first time um, this past spring, and I was really we X and O'd a little bit. I was oh. just super impressed with him. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. he's an analytical X and O guy for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, quickly, your team, Abby Kelly, uh, Kelly still leading the team, 11.5 points a game, and Kate Kerrigan obviously playing well, Taylor Choate uh, and, and Lauren Petit, uh, Petit uh, leading the way along, I should mention, also Maddie Hasten. Do, do you feel, uh, you got two seniors here, do you feel like this is a, an opportunity you got to take advantage of before you lose those two key seniors? We have three seniors, actually, who are in the starting lineup, and they're all oh, yeah. very key players, Lydia Caputi as well, and... Yep. Um, they're they're three important players. They're three important leaders. They're the heart and soul of our team. So, um, you know, absolutely, we want to take advantage. This is a special group of women. We want to take advantage of it. But we're also, I think, you know, it's a it's a mistake to to think about the what ifs or and look past the actual moment um, to stay present and focus sure. on what we can control. So um, that's the best way that we can honor our seniors. I understand that entirely. Good luck this weekend. I know you've barely seen Warburg, so we won't dive into that too much. I just hope you get out of the state of Maine. Um, before uh, got another nor'easter coming. My parents up and down east say they're going to another foot or two. Um, I did just hear that. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, not that I'm all that surprised. I didn't play baseball until mid-April. Usually there was still snow on the ground. But at the same time, this is just weird. Uh, yeah. So I do wish you even get out of the state in the first place. Um, but when you get there, enjoy Rochester. Thanks for taking the time. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuning in? Uh, no, I just want to thank you for having me. It's always oh. a pleasure. Well, thank you. I enjoy our chats as well. Uh, congratulations uh, and uh, good luck. And at least, at the very least, enjoy the, the opportunity and experience. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Adrian Scheibel is joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. Team is uh, not too shabby. If you haven't been talking about them, you should be. 28-2. and two. There are two losses to Amherst. If they win and Amherst wins, they'd play in the championship. And to Tufts, uh, who they lost, to, they beat earlier in the season. We should point out by 15, but then lost by uh, uh, 12 in the in the conference semis. They avenged that loss by 18 on Saturday night. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll keep the women's theme alive. Jeff Hans from Thomas More joins us. Speaking of avenging losses, the Saints are on to the Final Four after getting past Hope, who beat them at Thomas More last year. We'll talk all about that with Coach Hans. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. 
I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Salem, Virginia. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Sunday edition of the show. It's our probably your final Sunday, but we'll see. We might get back. Well, it is our final Sunday. We won't be on the air next Sunday following the championships. I always uh, come back and kind of take a breather um, following uh, the return from Salem and trying to piece everything together. We tend to get our last show on the air early the next week. It'll either be live or pre-taped. We haven't decided. Stick with us on d3hoopsville.com on Twitter, Instagram, of course, Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well, and the hashtag Hoopsville. Um, so the topic of the, of the show is sectional surprises. Of course, on the women's side, you probably say, wow, there's not really that many surprises, Dave. I mean, four of the top five made it. No, I think that is the surprise, is that the top teams got through despite East Texas Baptist playing tremendously well to get past St. Thomas. The big, interesting games I certainly got a kick out of were the games at Hope. Absolutely awesome games at Hope this past weekend, and it culminated with Thomas Moore ending up putting away uh, Hope in the final game, though that being said, um, that game was tight until the end. I don't think the 72-57 score is really all that indicative, especially after Hope had an amazing game against Christopher Newport. So a lot to break down. We go to the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline, as we always do, and joining us there, head coach of Thomas Moore, it is Jeff Hans. And, sir, welcome back to the show. 
Thanks, Dave. Glad to be back. I appreciate you taking the time. So we'll, we'll maybe go in reverse here, but let's start with the Hope game. And as anybody doesn't remember or hasn't been listening to the show already, Hope's the team that knocked you guys out in the sectional weekend last year at your place. I think some of us were kind of sitting there quietly going, ooh, this could be fun. Lo and behold, we get it in the Elite Eight. Was any of that on your minds when that ball got tipped up? Um, I mean, I, I think a little bit leading into into the week, getting up there, um, because, you you know, it was actually the second round last year. It wasn't a sectional Oh, week, you're right. It was, it was section. Round. Yes, thank you. Uh, um, so it was, it was the second round, you know, with the opportunity to be able to, to host a sectional weekend for us last year. And right. So, you know, I, I think our players – I thought about more, more about that, and, and used that, and and you know I, we just wanted to play well. I wanted to play well, and you know enjoy the, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, with the crowd. So, that part of it, and have the opportunity to compete and, and be able to pull out a victory was it was awesome. I mean, uh, and for our, our players to celebrate like that and and uh, enjoy that moment and have a chance to go back to the final four, you know, for our juniors and seniors to return and our freshmen and sophomores to get there and experience everything in Rochester, Minnesota, you know, we're looking forward to it. When you, uh, I'm trying to figure, nothing against your home atmosphere, because I know you guys have a great home court advantage. You've, you've shown that advantage for many years. But Hope's one of the quintessential home courts that everybody talks about in Division Three, along with Calvin and a couple others. So what was it like for you guys to get that kind of atmosphere for that kind of high-stakes game um, with a chance to go to the Final Four and, and in some way also get the victory. What was that like from your point of view as the visitor? It was tremendous. I mean, the Hope Athletic Department, uh, Coach Morehouse, the whole, te- whole team and the whole whole city of Holland was, I mean, they were great people, um, great hosts, you know, great program. And the, to be out there and play and, and play in that environment, uh, you know, in a close game for three and a half quarters, I mean, tied at halftime and, mm-hmm. You know, probably neither one of us playing. I know we weren't playing our best basketball. I know, you know, Coach Mo would probably say the same thing with the turnovers that they mm-hmm. had in the first half as well. And, you know, tied game and then that third quarter back and forth. And I think we were up four maybe at the end of the third um, to have the crowd still into it. And then we were able to just get a little bit of a run to start the fourth and expand the lead by the media timeout and, you know, try, try to take the crowd out, out of the game. That's what we talked about doing, but uh, we were never able to. So it just kept getting louder and louder as the game went along and you know, that atmosphere and that, that experience uh, for our, our players is something they'll never forget. And, and that's what playing division three athletics is and playing division three women's basketball. And, you know, so I'm, I'm happy that we were able to experience it um, and, and happy that we were able to come away with the victory. Of course, the game before that you had Gustavus Adolphus and, and the Gusties ended up being a good test for you guys as well. You ended up winning that game by eight, but that also, was pretty nip and tuck most of the way. Uh, did you guys have a good game in that one? Did, did you were you victims of maybe a, a really good Augusti squad, or maybe having an off night, or was that just two good teams going at it as well? That that was two very good teams just playing playing good basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know if either one of us played our best at times, but that one as well uh, with with the stakes, you know, what was on the line, but. Um, I mean, look look at who they played to get there, yeah. And what they they've been through in the conference tournament, and then in the first weekend to beat Rose Holman, and then went out Whitewater, mm-hmm. where not many people do that as well, and to get to the sectional round. Um, I mean, they're and they finished third in the conference, you know. So we knew those two seniors, Miller and uh, Rice, were were two very talented players, and 
were going to give it everything they had, and I think their um, role players really stepped up and, and made plays when they needed to. And, and you know, we were very fortunate to get out of there and be able to play in, uh, Saturday night Saturday night against Hope. Uh, so you move on to the Final Four, getting a rematch of the 2016 semifinals, who you beat Amherst to go on to a national championship. Uh, it might have been kind of important. I think that was the Indianapolis one, if memory serves. Um, <laughs> I know that means nothing in the grand scheme of things, but there are players like Abby Owings and, and, and others who know Amherst and know that game and know who the opponent is. I know it's early in the process, but how are you guys getting ready? Um, well, right now we're still enjoying a little bit of last night. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to sure. get back this afternoon about two, about two two thirty. Uh, so, trying to figure out some of the travel plans, travel details right now, and you know, probably start breaking. I'm spending some time with the family here a little bit. Um, you know, tonight and before I put my daughters to bed, and maybe uh, start watching some film on Amherst and see what they're doing. But uh, you know, we'll get to work on a Monday. Uh, we were on spring break last week, so mm-hmm. our 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 guys get back in class tomorrow, and then um, try to develop a game plan. You know. That, it's a system. It's it's a program. They're they're still going to do a lot of the same stuff. I mean, they're they're number one in the country for a reason. They're number one in the Northeast uh, region. They're winning NESCAC and you know the regular season conference championship um, for for a reason. And yeah. you know, and we'll we'll put together a plan to to try to take them do give our best effort up there in Minnesota. Um, talk to me about Abby Owings. Um, I know she's been special in, in many ways for you guys. Um, all-time leading scorer in program history officially. Um, not necessarily the leading scorer on the team. She didn't get. She wasn't the leading scorer in either game, but I know she does all the little things. And in my opinion, and I've said this many times, that championship in Indianapolis, all respect to Sydney Moss, but it was Abby Owings and how she played that got you guys that title. Um, tell me about her and and what it's like now to to know that the games are dwindling here. Uh, just means that she wants to to keep playing, you know. And <laughs> and uh, her and Nikki, the two seniors we have, um, you know, when, when recruiting them, we told them we would we'd have a chance to do something special during their four time uh, their four years here, and and we have to this point, and we want to continue that. And I think she is playing that way, you know. With uh, she plays with Sydney and that group of seniors, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Katie, Alexis, Santa Maria, and those guys, Olivia Huber and Tyler Bartels for two years. And then, you know, as junior last year, kind of her and Nick kind of take over. And she's in a different role because of how the lineup that we're putting out there. And then we have an injury in the preseason and in between our two scrimmages in November. And we move her back into the role that she was kind of playing as a freshman, sophomore, more in the point guard, or yeah, freshman, sophomore years, mm-hmm. more as a point guard handling basketball. So, the scoring numbers aren't there, but uh, you know we just kept talking to her about it'll pay off at the end with the victories. It'll it'll pay off with with a run, and you know you're still going to score. You're still going to do this, and you know I mean she took two big charges last night um, mm-hmm. against Hope, one in the first half and one in the fourth quarter that really set the tone for us defensively. Uh, she seems to be the 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 pulse of this team um, for the for the four years that she has been there. Um, and I know the people have rallied around her. I know losing her will be significant, but Thomas Moore always seems to find the next talent as well. That said, you're heading into the, you're you're pretty much wrapping up the final year in the PAC. I know next year is very different. I'm not going to dive into all the differences, but is there something bittersweet about this season that that you know this is kind of the the last one of what has been status quo to some degree, and next year is going to be quite different that you just don't know what to expect. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you know, with leaving the PAC, um, having a chance to earn the automatic bid, and you know, not knowing what's going to happen next year, we, we want to give it a good run and uh, you know, play play good basketball and then do well for Abby and Abby and Nick and and have have them go out on top if possible and uh, and know that we're playing the best we can and then next year see what happens. Um, you know, we try we're putting the schedule together and trying to find the game so yeah. you know we can continue to play and and um, you know and, and we'll we'll do it and we'll, we'll be ready to compete at that point in time. Uh, certainly impressive with what you guys did in the win. I know you enjoyed that one um, against Hope for sure. I certain the bus mm-hmm. ride home was fun, but you say you're t- you're still enjoying the victory, which certainly makes sense. When do you tip over and start focusing on on Amherst and? And just initially, what do you think you're going to have to do against maybe a mammoth squad that's a little bit more defensively minded than the team you saw two years ago? Uh, like I said earlier, I'll start tonight, late later on tonight. You know, spend a little time here with the family um, yeah. before they get ready to go to bed and get ready for school tomorrow, and then then um, start working on Amherst and figuring out how we can score and yeah. how we can you know try to shoot a good percentage and um, you know see what we can do. It, you know, I, I looked at the box score on the way home today. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have done and, that. You should. No, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have. Um, you know, but that's like many of the, the GP has up there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's a few that you want to look at, and most that you don't. And, yeah. And that's that's part of it. But you know, it's you got to find ways. I mean, because we played Rochester. Yeah. Um, yep. Early. I mean, that was early in the year, and know that at their place. So, yep. you know, from a common opponent standpoint, and we, you know, we just played hope and. And they, you guys had hope and trying out there in Vegas over Christmas yeah. break, and know what the score was of those, and Amherst how and hope trying, did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Amherst trying. Sorry, it's all right. Uh, I had to think about it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's been a few months. Few yeah, months, few it's games, been a while. Few shows, just a few, few shows since then. <laughs> um, you know, so there's some some common opponents that we can try to compare what we're able to do and what they're able to do, and you know, break down how. Again, I think the biggest thing is how how we can score. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're, they're so long. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they got some good size, and um, and how we can defend them to keep it, you know, keep their runs down, so that we can we can stay in the game and and give them a good good test. Well, I look forward to, to seeing the games best I can from my vantage point. Um, it, it'll be fascinating to watch. I mean, we talk about behemoths <laughs> in some degree for the top five teams in the country showing up there. Uh, there's nobody who's a stinker, as they say. Everyone's good. Yeah. Um, and that's how it was this weekend to hope. I mean, yeah, it was fun. True. It was two, two good games Friday night. I mean, and uh, I'll tell you, if, if people haven't been to hope to watch a game, oh. you know, especially NCAA tournament games like that, and, uh, they're missing out. You yeah. know, and it, it was fun. Um, you know, watching Christopher Newport and, and Hope play on Friday night, uh, and, and Hope come back and, and pull up that victory. It was great atmosphere then as well, and uh, you know, it, it, it's special. Uh, actually, you bring that up, and, and I, I kind of want to circle back about how tough the games were this weekend. Before I let you go, you know, we talk about the parity and the balance on the men's side and just how deep things have gotten. And I don't think everyone takes me seriously when I say it. I think they just think I'm, I'm yucking it up. But to some degree, I'm seeing that now on the women's side, and I don't think we've had a better sectional weekend, despite some of the Elite Eight, maybe final scores. It seems things have gotten deeper on the women's side as well. Is 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 that a fair representation from the one who's having to scout these teams? Oh, I think so. I think there's no no doubt about it. I mean, when you look at um, 
I mean, look at Gustavus Adolphus. Yeah. You know, they finished third in, in the league, and like I said, and, and get to the Sweet 16, it's, I mean, and that's something that, I mean, Warburg did that a couple years ago. Yep. They were one of those teams that was at, um, in Columbus with us when we played Amherst, and they played Tufts in that semifinal, other semifinal game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started then, and, and those those guys are, are back at the Final Four again. Uh, you know, I think our region here at the Great Lakes is oh. it, it's brutal. Um, when you get to this point, I think the Central is brutal, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but it makes it exciting basketball. So that when you get to these, this type of time of year, it, it's fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know you have to be prepared. You know your your guys have to be focused on scouting ports and how to defend and how to score and, and um, you know, I think that's what I'm. I'm proud of our our team about doing. This. Last last couple of weeks, they've they've been focused and and ready to go. Um, you gotta be proud. Last I just noticed it, and there's one of the other questions I meant to say. You gotta be proud, and Abby too is being a Justin's finalist. That that says a lot about who she is as a person as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, all the stuff that she does off the floor oh, and yeah. within the community, and, and being a good student, and and. Um, you know, want to graduate on time here in May, and uh, wants to get into coaching. You know, she wants to move forward in, in the coaching and stay with basketball. It's meant so much to her, and uh, you know, she wants to give back. Well, congratulations to her. I know it's not over, but um, by the time it, I talk to you next, it will be over in some way, shape, or form. Um, so, congratulations to her. Congratulations to the senior class. Congratulations to yourself as well. Good luck in Rochester. You know how the drill. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts uh-huh. you want to share with those tuning in? I appreciate all of your compliments today, uh, you know, and, and thank you guys. I mean, wish you were able to come in Minnesota, but I know you got the duty to sail for yeah. one last year down there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're an hour behind you, so maybe you'll be able to watch a few games, a little bit of uh, oh. women's games as well. Trust me, the laptop um, will be up in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, everything that you and, and Pat and Gordon, and I'm probably missing a bunch of people. I know Ryan, uh, Adam do for, for all of, us in Division Three basketball, you know, it's great, and uh, I don't. Everybody tells you thank you here at this point in time, and it's it's well deserved. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words as well. They always uh, give me a step back, and I appreciate it. Uh, good luck in Rochester. Enjoy the weather. <laughs> Hopefully, it's good for you. Uh, enjoy the games. So. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I look forward to talking to you sometime, uh, if not beforehand, sometime in the off season. That sounds great, Dave. I appreciate it. Thank awesome. you. Take care. Jeff Hunton's joining us on the City of Salem Hoops Hill Hotline. Again, the Saints heading in at 30-1 and to the NCAA tournament, uh, Final Four. It's a great Final Four. If you're anywhere close to Rochester, Minnesota, and I mean half a day to a day's drive, get out there. Go see those games. It'll be worth it. Going to take another break. When we come back, switch gears back to men's basketball. Dale Wellman from Nebraska Wesleyan will join us, talk about the Prairie Wolves and how well they are playing at just the right time of the season. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hope after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. 
I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Rochester, Minnesota. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Thursday edition. Thanks to our guests so far. We're switching gears back into men's basketball. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Uh, email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Of course, I look down, and I now realize we don't even have a, a, a graphic ready for this next one, so you're going to have to bear with me while we at least build that system. Uh, in the meantime, as talking to our next guest, John Nebraska Wesley, we talked to Dale Wellman when we were on Selection Sunday talking about getting into the tournament, a, a, a program that some of us were having trouble gauging because the out-of-conference schedule showed a, a really good team against, you know, okay opponents. Conference schedule was a little bit crazy, uh, got a little beat up. But, man, have they put on a show and have they put on a statement in the NCAA tournament beating the number one ranked Whitman Blues by 30 points to clinch a trip to Salem. The second time the Prairie Wolves have actually been to Salem in program history, or not even second, but they haven't. They were last there in 97. Dale Wellman joins us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline to talk all about it, and congratulations. I'll start with that, Coach, on getting to Salem. Uh, well, thank you, Dave. No, obviously it was, uh, it was a good weekend for us in Platteville. Um, lot, lots of fun, and, and our guys had the opportunity to play two, uh, two really good teams, two really good teams, two really uh, – well coached teams and uh you know two different kinds of games one uh yeah obviously went down went down to uh the buzzer and, and the other one um you know everything was just clicking uh against a very good basketball team and everything we threw up was going in congratulations you basically just like uh, t told us the uh what's what's the best way to say that we kind of knew you had two different games i mean you literally had polar opposites out there uh in the first game on friday you take on um uh, Platteville, and you have to have a runner, kind of runner, at, with three seconds on the clock. And according to the picture I saw, the defender high-fived your guy in the wrist. That's how close it came to getting blocked um, to to advance. And then against Whitman, you guys shoot 
lights out. I actually think I saw the lights get turned out. Um, and absolutely destroyed them by 30-plus points. It's it's polar opposites. At any point where you're sitting there going, just kind of shaking your head, not not understanding really what was going on? Well, you, you know, I, I'm still not quite sure if it completely <laughs> hit me that we won both games. Um, you know, the Platteville game, I, it was – you know, we were leading for most of the game, but it was a really close game the entire way. I mean, it was a grind. Yeah. It was a great college basketball environment. Um, Platteville fans, I mean, it was packed uh, there. Um, so that that was a lot of fun. And, and you know, even that last play, um, you know, we called a play for Shimonitz. And, and, and that's the nice thing about having six guys in, in, in double figures is the fact that we can, you know, depending on who's hot, uh, we can go to different guys. And I just felt like Shimonitz had, had had a good game, had a good second half, and, and we called his number. And, I felt pretty confident. He's the type of guy that kind of thrives in that type of situation. And, uh, you know, fortunately it went in. And then the next night, you know, like I was saying, we have a lot of different options. And some nights not all of those options are on. But, um, you know, fortunately yesterday against Whitman, uh, everyone was on. You know, I think our guys had been waiting to, um, you know, to, um, you know, kind of make a statement, I guess. Because and you touched on the non-conference schedule. And I'll be the first one to admit it wasn't obviously the the toughest non-conference schedule in the country, um, but our guys wanted to make a statement. They 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 thought they could compete with guys, and and you know I think that pod just had four really good teams in it, and we were very fortunate to get out of it. Uh, it was an interesting matchup. I mean, the Platteville game was was insane. Um, back and forth. I mean, they hit a shot to tie it. Uh, and I was convinced we were going to get another overtime game, and then your guy hit a heck of a shot, and then they almost had a, a return at midcourt that they just fumbled. Um, at some point in that Whitman game, though, did you get comfortable? Because I remember thinking at some point in that second half, I think this is going to sound crazy, folks, but Whitman had whittled it to like 25. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, you know what, if it's if it's a simple switch here and and you guys go slightly cold, Kind of like what we saw Ohio Wesleyan do against this same Whitman squad. If you go cold and Whitman heats up in any way, this can switch on a dime and they can come roaring back. However, I'm watching it from afar. You're there. Did did you have any sense in that second half that this wasn't your game? Well, we, you know, we we went into halftime with a you know 26 point lead, and a 26 point lead against a team like that that plays like that isn't really a 26 point lead. I mean, the way that you know, the way that that game can go, anyone can get on an absolute, you know, 20 to four run in the span of, you know, uh, four minutes. So, you know, I was definitely thinking about that in the second half that, you know, the, the tempo and the pace of this game, if they do get hot and if we, if we don't shoot like we did in the first half, um, absolutely, they're, they're right back in it. They have, you know, too many good players, um, you know, that something like that could happen. Um, and, and, and it, it probably, I probably thought about that, um, you know, for most of the second half, really. I'm not sure when I thought, hey, you know what, you know, we really might win this game. Uh, but it was definitely late in the second half, even though we had had a lead that whole second half. It was um, because I know a game like that, you know, the anybody can go on a huge run over a four or five minute span, like well, like we did in the first half. They're capable of doing that in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's saying it lightly, I think, to some degree. Uh, as we're talking to Dale Wellman here on the City of Salem Hoopsville, getting a little bit of a feedback. Coach, you okay there? I'm good, yes. Yeah, weird. Just a little bit of feedback in the system. I think it's disappearing. Um, you defeated the number one team in the country, and you had basically 24 hours to, advance, to, to kind of prep. 
and you were dealing with a team that's polar opposite to Platteville. How did you guys approach that game? How did you approach the weekend? Well, you know, well, first of all, going into to the Platteville game, uh, we knew that they were a tremendous defensive team, and you know, we were worried about their shooters. Uh, we, we play uh, zone, and everyone that plays for Platteville shoots over forty percent. So we were really focused on them. We we didn't even look towards you know who may win that other game and who we might play. Um, you know, fortunately, we got through that one. And then when we got to Whitman, you know, I think the one thing that helped us out a little, and, and where you know we we, uh, we put up a lot of points. Um, I mean, we're very much people don't. We're very much a half court team. We, you know, uh, we, we we don't press. Uh, we don't do anything like that. But we have in the past, you know, mm-hmm. and we did the first half of the year. Uh, so we had gone against the press every day in practice for mm-hmm. maybe the first 40, 40 practices this year, and for the previous three seasons that that I was here. Um, so our guys, you know, it's tough to simulate exactly what women does because they were <laughs> very very aggressive. You know, and I, I don't think we, you know, when we pressed, it, we, it wasn't like that either. But our guys, you know, were comfortable seeing the press because we we saw it so many times in practice and went through it and talked about it, you know, what we do defensively and what we need to do offensively against it in practice. Um, you know, that that I think that that helped. And, I, I, and the way we play, you know, we try to play, you know, positionless basketball is kind of a buzzword nowadays. But we have five guys out there that can – handle the basketball a little bit. So I think that that helped us a little bit, too, on such short prep. Um, you know, I think that that's, um, you know, what helped us kind of get through there. We got off on a, on a, you know, first couple minutes of the game. Uh, we were hot, got some layups, got some easy buckets, were shooting well. And I think that gave us confidence against, you know, their uh, their press that kind of, you know, went through the next, you know, 35 minutes. Um, hmm. So the program's returning for the first time since 97, and which was the second year Salem hosted. We almost had a perfect bookend story there. Um, the team's never been there. You guys have only dedicated yourselves to Division Three in the last two years. You were split prior with NAIA. But you have some familiarity, at least with that area. Um, you played at Suwannee. Not that that necessarily got you to the, to the Civic Center, but you were uh, an assistant coach under Paulson when he was at Williams at one point, and, and you kind of followed them when they made their trips. You weren't on the team at the time. But you also had a Jostens final or winner two years ago from the Prairie Wolves. The the last year you did that split thing. So you have some familiarity with where you're going and the building you're going to play in and, and how the games have played out there. Is that helpful in any way, shape, or form? Well, you know, I think I'll, it'll make me feel comfortable a little bit. I think everything's going to be new to these guys on our team, uh, which is fine. Uh, everything for the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight was new, and, and everything, uh, you know, the first weekend uh, was new as well. Um, I, you know, it's really nice for me, having been there two years ago with, uh, uh, with Trey and, and being able to really see, you know, the first time I went and, and I actually saw Williams win the national championship with Paulson there. You know, I, I wasn't, I was a young assistant. I really didn't know or appreciate, um, you know, what Salem and the E3 Final Four was all about. And being able to go back two years ago and and see and see behind the scenes a little bit um, because we weren't practicing, but I was around the coaches and the committee and everything. It was it was really an eye-opening experience, and you know I was able to see how you know the city of Salem got behind it, and Roanoke, how they got behind it, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was nice, and, and we've already shared some of those uh, memories with the team, you know, just on the bus ride home, you know, talking about that and th- this is what to expect, and here's some you know, cool places to eat and, and, and this and that. I guess to try to make them, 
you know, familiar with the area and, and what's going to happen to him uh, <laughs> here over the, the next four or five days. Oh, you didn't tell him about that one thing, did you? You know, that, that thing that they got to, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just totally messing around. Um, what's this mean to this program? I mean, again, you were split for so many years, and I, on AIAD3, for so many years, as the department had to choose and tell Division Three the in the May prior to any of the seasons starting, whether you were going to try and be eligible for championships. And in the later years, they, they kind of started just saying, forget it. We're focused on NEIA. There's no way we're going to get in that large bid. To make the leap of saying, forget it, we're done with the NAIA, we're diving in with the IAAC, and in the second year you're heading to the Final Four. I mean, I can say a lot, but what does it mean for the program? What does it mean for the department? What's, what's the conversation being had, I should say, uh, on the campus right now in Lincoln, Nebraska? Well, the, uh, you know, first of all, there, there wasn't much said last week because we were on spring break, so it was just uh, <laughs> it was just us and the guys uh, practicing a little basketball. Crickets. The Sweet 16. Um, but, uh, no, I'm sure there'll be a buzz uh, this week. And what it means for the program is even though we had that dual affiliation, um, you know, we still have – you know these final four banners hanging up in the gym, yeah. and a lot of the and a lot of the alums who are on those teams and in the eighties and nineties, uh, I've gotten to know and meet, and they talk about it, and and you know they believe in in the division three philosophy, and and they have great memories of what happened, including you know one of uh, you know Cooper Cook, who's on my team, his dad uh, was on those teams that went to two final fours, um, so it's you know the emails and texts and phone calls that I've been getting the past two weeks. Have been great. Um, you know, it's it's really nice to uh, to have those guys kind of rally behind our team a little bit, and, and and a lot of the alums still are in the you know Eastern Nebraska area and the Omaha Lincoln area, and, and uh, you know can follow us relatively easily on the television or through the newspaper, not just online. Uh, so that so that's been great. Um, and then just for for my guys and me and and my staff, just being able to walk into different uh, buildings throughout campus and have the faculty and staff say, hey, good job, congratulations, good luck this weekend. Um, you know, I think that's nice, and that's part of the college experience. We, You know, everyone wants their student-athletes to have when they, uh, you know, step on their campus. And, uh, you know, our guys are hopefully they're soaking it all in and, and really enjoying it, but uh, it's, it's obviously big for the program. You know, we talked about, you know, when we, when we made this, uh, not necessarily transition, but just dropped the NAI part, um, and went to the Iowa conference. We talked about three things, getting respect within our conference, uh, getting respect in the region, and then getting some national respect. And, and it's, it's a type of season where hopefully we can look back and, and check off you know, all three of those boxes. Well, you're heading off to Salem. You'll take on the uh, Springfield squad, making their first ever trip. Essentially, all four are going to be relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Uh, of course, they're from the birthplace of basketball. Does that mean... By default, you need to have some reverence uh, to Springfield. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I've uh, I've been in Springfield's gym a little bit. And yeah, yeah, Brock and yeah, and uh, I know that I know the history. I don't know if the guys on our team are familiar with uh, uh, with Springfield. Hopefully, they are, <laughs> but I'm not sure. Might um, not be. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, but, yeah, it's, it is kind of cool to be playing. I think that's a nice thing about the tournament, too, and, and not just going to the Final Fours. You know, we've played a team from Illinois, a team from Tennessee, yeah. a team from Wisconsin, a team from Washington, now a team from Massachusetts. Yeah. Just being able to play play uh, teams and, and meet the coaches. It's been 
a lot of great coaches I've met so far just through this process. Well, if the process works out, maybe you'll play a team from New Jersey. Um, otherwise, you're going to have to repeat a team against Wisconsin. I don't know if that works, but we'll see. Maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, hopefully. One game at a time. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, Coach, appreciate you taking the time. I know this is a fun time for the Prairie Wolves, and we, and we congratulate the program on getting there. Pretty impressive, to say the least. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, coming up this week. Uh, safe travels, as always. And uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Um, just, uh, you know, the only thing is, is uh, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, thank all the alums, thank everyone on campus. Uh, I know a lot of people are listening tonight, and uh, it, it's been truly a uh, a fun little journey, and, and uh, you know, I think we have great fans. And, yeah, can't wait to get to um, Salem and, and Roanoke, uh, that area, and, and uh, play some basketball and meet some more coaches and, and have a good time. I would love to see your fans show up. That would be a lot of fun. Um, it, it was in, Hopefully in Moss. I know that's a little tough to do out of Lincoln, but who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky. Um, like I said, congratulations. Good luck. Safe travels. Look forward to seeing you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Dale Wellman joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. We're headed to Salem, as it were. When we go to break, I will show you the celebration inside the locker room after they, uh, by the way, the second time they got into the locker room. If you're not familiar, they actually went to the locker room. The coaches stayed out. We had to pull the team back out, get them to cut down the nets, and then they went in the locker room. But we'll get that celebration when we come back from break, or when, as we go to break. When we come back from break, Ryan Scott will join us to talk about the weekend. And then still ahead, Pat Cunningham from Trinity, Texas, will join us to talk about the NABC All-Star Game. You'll listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. Once again, the celebration that was for, um, who is it? Oh, yeah, Nebraska Wesleyan, as they made their way um, off the court after beating Whitman the other night. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. 
there's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Rochester, Minnesota. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. A um, couple things still to go. We're going to talk to Ryan Scott here momentarily via Skype and then uh, talk to Pat Cunningham, head coach at Trinity, part of the NABC group, who's putting on the All-Star Game. We talked quite a bit there. And their good bud, Charlie Brock, in the uh, championship weekend. We touch on that as well. That's all still ahead before we wrap up the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, so crazy weekend, as we know. Um, it was fun. <laughs> uh, I, it was fun from my vantage point, though, from a very different vantage point, considering I, I've never missed a sectional weekend, as I said earlier, in uh, about 15 years. Ryan Scott, in the meantime, had a fun weekend of crazy games. He joins us live on the city of Salem Skype hotline. And uh, Ryan, uh, I don't think you were prepared for the games that you got. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They ended up, I think, being more thrilling than we expected. Yeah. I mean, on on paper, uh, I think Swarthmore and Hen Hamilton were the higher-ranked teams and, and kind of expected them to win those first games and match up against each other. And, and Springfield obviously played the spoiler both games this weekend. Yeah, uh, to say the least. We'll walk through that a little bit. I, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I feel bad for Plattsburgh to some degree. Looks like they ran into a buzzsaw in Swarthmore, but more importantly, it also looked like this had a, it had an off night to compound the problem. Well, yeah, it's one of those things. I didn't think we'd see a more lopsided game, and then we ended up with one with Nebraska Wesleyan uh, yeah. the other night. But, you know, Plattsburgh came out. They missed their first 10 shots i think i, I mean or, or at least their first 10 threes it was 22 to 5 at one point um they had some you know a uh, patron got into foul trouble right away and i think against most teams they could probably have worked their way back but but swathmore is just such a strong offensive team and they're so much bigger than plattsburgh uh it was just kind of overwhelming um I, I think that was probably swathmore's best game all season and obviously uh plattsburgh had picked the wrong night to, to have a little bit of an off night. It was going to be a struggle either way. Yeah. Um, but that's a strong team, and they got some guys coming back, and they'll learn from it. I, I couldn't have been more impressed with their guys and, and with Coach Curl in, in the postgame. Um, really, really good-hearted and seemed like they were they were really genuinely enjoying the experience and going to learn from that. So Yeah, well, that's and that's good to hear. Um, it's unfortunate um, for them, but uh, Swarthmore, jeez. I would say for three and a half games looked unbeatable to some degree, Ryan. Uh, yeah, so they came out uh, last night and they're playing just as hard as they always have, but it seemed like they were maybe a step slow and, and then not quite the spring in their step that we had seen. And you kind of expect that they had three 20-point wins in the tournament. You know there's going to be one game where they're a little off. Sure. Uh, and, and that was it. And I think they still played well enough. The big thing was Springfield... 
uh, started hitting shots the last five minutes or so. And, you know, when the other team is just nailing their threes um, and you're, you're just even, you know, 5% off, uh, it's a hard one to win. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's back up quickly one more time to the other sectional uh, semi, which was uh, Springfield Hamilton. And you and I made, or you made the comment to me, which kind of reminded me, Hamilton was basically a free throw away from advancing. Uh, that's going to that's gonna sting a little bit. Yeah, they missed a lot of free throws. They were up pretty solidly the last two minutes of the game, and, and I think they missed four or five uh, down the stretch that, you know, any one of those in, in retrospect would have put it away for them. Uh, that's another team I thought they looked tremendous. The first weekend I saw them in person up at York, um, they did not play quite as well in that game as they had the weekend before. Um, but, you know, I, it's hard to, to keep at the same level for every game all the way through. They still played tremendously. Both teams shot over 50%. Uh, you know, uh, Kenneth Kilmore scored 40 points in that game. Um, nothing to be ashamed of for those guys. They They played out of their minds. It was just... Springfield again, those last couple of minutes, they just refused to lose. Yeah, Springfield blew me away, and this will help us transition here. Um, McNulty, I'm already saving the, the comment in case it happens in the semi. He's filthy. Uh, mm. he, that that three-pointer to tie it, and then the three-pointer, I think, to win it against Hamilton. Both of them, A, he's got a heck of a quick trigger, and B, he elevates more than I expected him to, and, and, and as a result, you get this – uh, quick-firing, high-shooting guy that no nobody seems to be able to defend. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just really confident and strong. A senior point guard, that's what you expect out of him. Uh, he's in the right place at the right time. And, and the bigger thing is there's a lot of those guys, uh, Jake Ross as well, who are from that area. They're Western Massachusetts kids. Yep. They've known each other for a while. And so you can really see there's not a lot of, of competition. They know what their roles are all yep. the way down, um, and, and they know how to play it. Um, flipping over, we'll come back to Springfield in a moment, but flipping over to um, Swarthmore again, again, getting a chance to host and, and having their crowd on their side. And we talk about the host getting, what, about 50% of the time on the men's side getting out and moving on to Salem or the Final Four. This year it certainly wasn't uh, as big a number, but Swarthmore looked like they had it right in their hands. You talk about a little bit of running out of gas there, but how much was that them, and how much was that what Springfield ended up pulling off? Well, I think it was a little of both. Okay, um, They had the seven-point lead at halftime. You could tell it wasn't the same Swarthmore team from the night before. Mm. They, they were a little down. I'd heard some rumors, maybe some, some illness, guys who were needing some rest and some fluids and things that afternoon. Mm. Uh, but it, it was more Springfield's adjustments. They played pretty poorly in that first half, uh, the way that Swarthmore will make teams play. But they came out determined in that second half. They changed some things on defense. Um, they, they were a little tougher uh, on the boards. That's the one thing Swarthmore never gets out-rebounded. They got out-rebounded both halves True. that game. Um, but it really was the shooting at the end. I, I don't have the box score right in front of me, but I think <laughs> Springfield shot 60% in the second half. Um, and that, combined with Swarthmore being just a, a, a little down, um, was enough to do it. Uh, like I said, so Jake Ross came over right after they were done celebrating and jumping around. He walked right over to me at the table and shook <laughs> my hand, just looked me in the eye and said, never doubt us again. So um, it's that kind of mentality where, that they just refused to lose. For the um, record, Ryan, we can understand why we doubted them. It's not like they had all the best of seasons. They had a chunk there in the middle that was ugly. And even Charlie said on Thursday's show, nothing really changed, just things fell their way. 
Yeah, and and talking to them after the game, I'm doing the the feature I just turned in on them. They'll be up in a day or two. Um, they really believe that they should have been here the whole time. You know, they took all those losses early, but they were against good teams. And and as much as I had to sort of convince them, they're like, you know, you are underdogs. You understand this, right? Like you're a younger team. You've had some losses. I know they, but they are confident. They they do not think that they're going to lose. And uh, that's scary, especially going into a situation like Salem. Yeah, well, that's the scary part. What what is what is it this team does well? Is it just that they don't give up? Is it that that you know that they shoot well? I mean, what what is it about them that we may not see on video that you got to see in person? Charlie's always been a good coach, but something's different here. Well, Charlie mentioned that he thought the thing that they've done the best this year is everyone is embracing their role completely. And that's what I saw. They came in determined to out-rebound Swarthmore, and and they hit the boards hard. Um, There's a guy uh, mentioned, Heath Post is another sophomore, gets a little overshadowed by Jake Ross, but he's just a, a tall, lanky dude. He can play on the perimeter and shoot. He can get inside. He had 18 points and 15 rebounds, and I'm not sure I noticed him even more than twice in the game when he played 38 minutes. Just that, that kind of guy, and they, they're all the way down. They only go eight deep, but uh, every one of those guys knows what they're supposed to do when they get in there. They only had two turnovers in the second half, uh, 11 for the game. Um, they, they're, they're good at what they do, and they know what they need to do. Um, let's flip back to the whole overall picture. Th- one team's in the NCAA ter- in the in the Final Four, who's in the top twenty-five. They're ranked twenty-fourth. Um, the team who's got the most receiving votes is in there, and two who aren't. In a normal year, back five years ago, let's say when the parity wasn't as deep and balance wasn't as deep, I'd be sitting there going, "Oh my God, what did we miss? What did we screw up?" How-? I'm loving this. Uh, I think this is so much fun. Any game is possible. Matchups are key. Uh, I think Nebraska wasn't improved that with a tight game against Platteville and a blowout against Whitman. I don't think Platteville blows out Whitman. Um, what's your vantage point of the fact that we have this absolute hodgepodge? And I and interesting enough, Final Salem, you first almost first timers in, in in a real sense. We have a completely different looking Salem for the final run. Yeah, I mean it's unique in the fact that these aren't the teams that we've had ranked highly. But at the same time, you know, Ramapo was way up there at the beginning of the year because we knew they were loaded. You know, right. Nebraska Wesleyan, we all knew that they're a super talented team. They had Shimonitz was out with an injury. They had the weak schedule. There's some reasons why they weren't as highly ranked. But, we, you know, we, we all know in pure talent, they're way up there with anybody. And I'd say Oshkosh is the same way. I thought they were the most talented WIAC team all year. They just weren't winning the games they needed to win to get the rankings. So uh, in one sense... None of these teams is a surprise, and in another sense, it's just not the normal way we see it in Salem. Uh, I think it's going to be a, turn out to be a, a really bang-up uh, championship weekend, in, in my opinion. I think we're going to have some fun here uh, with wide-open games. Anything else you're looking forward to in, in Salem? Uh, I'm looking forward to the All-Star game. I think that's wonderful. I think just the chance to to see some different squads down there, mm-hmm. new coaches that I haven't met, players uh, that um, – you know, we haven't gotten to, to know that well. Uh, and also what the games are going to look like. You know, I've, I've doubted Springfield two games in a row now, and it sure looks like they're going to be underdogs against the way Nebraska Wesleyan was playing, but they've been beating everybody. And Jake Ross is really one of the best. I, I knew he was good. He, he was just tremendously good. And the mindset he brings to the game reminded me of Joey Flannery, hmm. uh, who oh, we know is one oh. of the best players we've seen forever. But yeah. he's a guy, you look at Ross, and he's, he doesn't look like a star, you know. But once he's on the court, he's, he's determined, he's smart, 
He he's one of those guys. The game looks like it's going slower for him than everybody else. He makes good decisions, and uh, he's really really super talented. Um, quickly on the women's side, um, <laughs> three of the top four ranked teams in the country. We got a behemoth showing up in Rochester, Minnesota. To some degree, I'm kind of sad we can't find a way to see those games in person as well. Yeah, uh, it, it it is. Uh, I, Gordon's going to be heading up there. A little jealous. Um, yeah. This is this is a year which hasn't happened in a while where we don't know who's going to win that tournament. You know, they've been a favorite, a, a heavy favorite every year the last few years, yeah. and they've won. You know, and and it's just not the case this year. I think any of those four teams can win, and that that just makes for a better tournament. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's too bad we won't be there. But I should point out while I get the chance, Gordon will be there for us. Uh, we'll have a photography guy there. Brendan Gulick, who is a Division three grad, went to John Carroll, broadcast for Baldwin Wallace, and does some other national stuff. He'll be on the call for NCAA.com at the women's so it'll be well division three represented to say the least and yours truly will be on the call with lincoln rose uh for the men's broadcast uh ryan i know you got to go any final uh things that i may have forgotten that you wanted to bring up i know you're you're writing two stories one of them's on springfield the other one's on uh ramapo i gotta talk to to chuck mcbreen and a couple of those guys um i think they might be excited yeah, I, I think that's a cool story. I mean, everybody's going to have a cool story, whoever yeah. comes out of this weekend. But uh, I think that's the one thing to look at is you've got a Springfield team. They've got three seniors, but really the the bulk of that team is, is underclassmen. Nebraska Wesleyan has one senior. The bulk of that team is underclassmen. Uh, Oshkosh has two seniors. The bulk of that team is underclassmen. And then you got Ramapo, who starts five seniors. <laughs> uh, you and, know, and, yeah. and in the past, the last few years, the team with the seniors has won this thing. It's true. That being said, uh, Oshkosh has pressure. The last six or seven teams to knock off Augustana have gone on to win the championship in 12 of the last 16. So nothing against yeah. Oshkosh. They've got they've got to keep that trend up. <laughs> Definitely. And, and it's one of those because... All of these teams have had losses that they shouldn't have taken this year. You can certainly see it happening in Salem. You know, we just don't know what's going to come up, come about. Um, well, I got to let you go because I know you got to get going. But I appreciate your time as always. Look forward to having you on the courtside show. And I'm li- happy to announce since you're here, Bob Quillman will be in the house. We'll get him on the courtside okay. shows as well. Um, but Ryan, I'm looking forward to seeing you as well. We've had some fun times this season, and it's going to be fun to wrap them all up in Salem and safe travel. When are you heading down Thursday? Friday morning. Oh, you're heading on Friday morning. Oh, good luck, sir. Uh, I will. We will already be there, but I'll look forward to seeing you, sir. All right. All right. Take care. Yeah. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. Ryan Scott joining us on the City of Salem Skype Hoopsville Hotline. When we come back, Pat Cunningham joins me to talk about that NABC All-Star Game, and we wrap up the show. So if you got questions for us or thoughts or comments or whatever you want to drop on us, drop them now. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Back with more Hoopsville after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. 
I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. They have dreamed of this moment since childhood. The perfect shot. The key rebound. The game-clinching basket. Winning a national championship. The NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 16th and 17th in Rochester, Minnesota. Be there. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us as we wrap up our last segment of the show here, uh, we got about 20 to 25 more minutes here. Uh, email us, tweet us, or Facebook us. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. All right, so one of the things that has always uh, now become, really, really has now become, and it's crazy, uh, a staple of Salem is the All-Star Game. It's funny how... It's just kind of dawning on me, of the time I've been in Salem, which has been 18 years, and of the this will be my 18th trip, and of the um, number of years it's been in Salem, this will be the 22nd time, I believe, we're in Salem for men's basketball. This will be the 11th All-Star game. In my mind, that's unfathomable because of how long I remember the, the consolation game being there. But the All-Star game has been tremendous. Uh, earlier today, I talked to Pat Cunningham, who is a member of the NABC Board of Directors, which uh, he is one of three members from Division Three on that board, which is primarily D1 coaches, um, and some D2. Talked about the All-Star game, talked about the selection process, talked about how special Salem means to the fraternity that is um, – uh, the NABC and Division Three. He talked to me about all of it, and here's what he had to say earlier today. Now joining me on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of Trinity, Texas, and one of those several NABC members who help run things in Salem, including the All-Star Game. Trust me, you're going to see him running quite a bit on the sidelines if you're watching the TV broadcast correctly. It is Pat Cunningham. Sir, thanks, as always, for joining the show. Oh, Dave, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, this was a great event to be talking about, so... Glad to be on. Absolutely. Uh, of course, the All-Star Game, I'm, I've lost track of how many we've done here, Pat. Um, you know, it, it feels now so much a part of the weekend that I remember the last game it wasn't, but I don't remember what year it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because this is the last year was the 10th. This is the 11th. Okay. Uh, All-Star Game. And, wow. And yeah, 
I think people have forgotten that there used to be a consolation game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I remember the last one, and I remember hearing coaches behind me going, okay, that's enough. Um, and, and it quickly came about. And that's one of the advantages you guys have, is this is quickly, it came quickly into being. It quickly took off. You guys didn't have any lapses. Yeah, we certainly had our, our gremlins, but I don't think people really knew that from the from the uh, from the front side, as it were. This has really developed into something special and really run well. Well, you know, thanks, Dave. And you know, it's interesting because it, it came about that first time because the TV game was so early, like three thirty or something, and and so the constellation game was going to have to be like at eleven o'clock after having played the night before. And when they found that out, we had been talking about this and, and that year anyway. So we pulled it off in, in a matter of months to get that first one going um, um, just because the opportunity was there because of the, the timing of the games. And then everybody liked it so much that it, it just it kind of kept going. And as you said, we, we kind of put together, you know, Charlie Brock and myself and, and, uh, and a little bit Gary Stewart, who are all on the NBC Board of Directors, uh, went to, you know, Jim Haney and, and uh, Regiment and the NAPC board to, to get this approved, and, and they put the funding forward. forward and, and so now um, basically Charlie and myself uh, run this one. Gary does the Division One All-Star game. And, and, so, and then we put together a committee uh, of eight to kind of put this thing together. And they're guys who have been doing it now for 10, 11 years. Uh, uh, most are still uh, still the same and on it and, and doing some good things and and uh, you know so we've kind of got it down as you said in terms of running the game and that and you know probably the, the one of the toughest things we do and and it's amazing because uh, just to talk on is that you know the game has really taken off I mean I think uh, this year uh, Jody May is our the, our guy in charge of the selection process and and he has a committee of eight as well a separate committee of eight who kind of from one from each region who help him select and and the nominations and the excitement and the just the the awareness of this game has just grown tremendously especially in the last even four or five years where we're getting a lot of people who are interested and and know about it and want to be a part of it and and that's what's really exciting yeah uh, it's it's now a constant conversation to the point that i even have coaches now you know late in the year hey i might see you in salem even if we can't get our team there and i know what they mean um, granted, a lot of coaches come anyway, but usually those conversations regarding a senior they may have on their team. And we should point out, again, as a reminder, this is about seniors. This isn't about anybody else. If, we, if it was about everybody else, this would be a lot harder to put together. Um, <laughs> but it's because seniors, because it's all about some of the things that they get, plus the flights, all the things that are taken care of. If, it, if they're seniors, their, their careers are over, and thus we don't have to worry about a lot of the, the challenges that come with being, being an amateur. Yeah, well, exactly. They, they, they're not eligible. Uh, they'd lose eligibility if, in fact, they came uh, and had eligibility left. So, as you said, it's about those people. We have, In fact, we had one senior from the South who has a fifth year and might take it who had to back yeah. off even being nominated. And, you know, so it, it is about just seniors uh, who have used up all their eligibility. And, and then, you know, a couple of things we get, uh, Dave, we've talked in the past is that, you know, it's 
we try to one we try to get because it's so hard we don't we don't have the people who see games all over the country so so we have to do this regionally we yeah. our our goal is to get the two best from each region and and i think people within that region um you know like the, the chairs of those regions for the selection you know steve brennan's in the northeast and steve shulman in the atlantic and thad mccracken south mike shower from wheaton in the central and Steve Minton, Marcus Kahn, Rusty Lloyd from uh, what was someone, Mark Hansen from Vegas Davis. Those eight guys helped Jody, and they know their each of their regions. So they, for them to pick the best in their region, they can reach out to other people in that region and and just uh, you know, um, I think they can do that. But to try to compare across regions is just really really tough in Division Three. You know, it's hard. It's hard as you well know. You've been involved a long time with it. It's hard enough in the uh, in the um, you know, selection of teams, let alone individuals. Yeah. So, uh, you, yeah. By the way, Pat just named everybody to throw everybody under the bus, just in case uh, you're curious. Yeah, we you know. <laughs> we yeah. now know who to no, choose. Those, those guys, no, those guys deserve credit. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, absolutely. If, if, if they have, if anybody has any problems, Charlie and I are the guys who, <laughs> we make the final decisions uh, because it is an NABC event and, and it's on us. But those are the guys who do the homework and, and, and get to us about, you know, how the rankings go, yeah. and, and they don't do it in a vacuum by any means. I mean, I no. know each of those guys reach out to three or four or five people in their region to to kind of to, to do that, and and Jody does a great job as the chair. I mean, I tell you what, he's put in a lot of hours here uh, just in the last two weeks. Uh, uh, he and uh, Jeff Gors- uh, Gorski relative to um, trying to uh, put this all together. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, and a lot of different people contribute to it, so... And that's the thing okay, is, I hope I named those guys fast enough that he really, they really didn't catch. Yeah, them. right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and again, they're tr- they're trying to figure out, and and in some regions, it is difficult to just pick two guys, uh, essentially from that region to to represent that region. Not only outside the logistics, maybe the, somebody isn't available. They've got an academic thing, and, and in all honesty, they've got a spring break plans. I can respect that to some degree. Uh, they they've spent money to go do something in their final year, and I get it, um, or whatever the case. But on top of that, some of these regions are chock a block of good seniors. Yeah. This is the, you guys sometimes are kind of cornered into some things. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing how cyclical it is, Dave. Like like you know, for example, last year, for example, I think it was the Mid Atlantic was really just didn't have a lot of seniors, and and this year they're just loaded. I mean, they've got a ton, and and you know, in other regions, the same thing. It's like, you know, and I think this year, one of the regions, I don't remember which one it is, it, it had three or four people. Just what you just said had previous commitments that they could not do it this year. So that kind of made it a little bit tougher in that region uh, uh, to to figure out who who the best two would be. Um, so yeah, it it varies from year to year, and 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 it's sometimes it's really really hard and. You know, so the, the the one nice thing that that the NABC has added is, you know, we started with 18. We started with eight, uh, with the uh, well, actually we started with 16, eight from each regions, and then uh, I forget which year we added the internet voting. We we came up with that one, and and you guys at, at D3 Hoops uh, just kind of helped with that process. So we we went to 18, and then last year we went to 20. So we do have two at large yeah. picks that we can. You know, if a region is really, really stacked and has a lot of players, we can try to rectify that as best sure. as possible. Uh, it's not perfect work. Yeah, sure. I should point out, uh, we haven't talked about this, but the, the coaches who are involved in coaching the teams, and, I, and I'm using that term a little bit loosely, uh, <laughs> mainly they're <laughs> yeah. in charge of the rotation of the substitutions. Um, yeah. Who are they this year? 
Yeah, you know, so we, we've uh, we've decided to have past NABC Outstanding Award winners coach the teams. And so this year we've got uh, coach in the West team will be Cliff Garrison, a longtime coach at Hendricks in uh, Arkansas. Um, and actually his, his old assistant, Thad McCracken, will be helping him out. Um, <laughs> Oh, poor Thad. On the bench just to keep Cliff in order and uh, <laughs> interpret for Cliff. Have you ever heard Cliff talk? He's got yep. the whole southern, and, and uh, Thad can help uh, interpret for him. And, <laughs> and so uh, Coach in the East is a uh, uh, longtime Rochester Hobart coach, uh, Mike Neer. Yep. Um, and um, 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 uh, You say Hobart, by the way, also Rochester. Yeah, no, Rochester. It was his long time. I, I, I went Hobart. I think it's I, okay. Uh, yeah, so Hobart yeah, doesn't I, mind. I knew him. <laughs> Hobart was there for a few years. I just remember when I was at Chicago, he was at yep. Mike was coaching Rochester for a long time and was in a couple Final Fours and um, so. So anyway, he's he's coaching the East. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, I hope you gave yeah. you guys give him some good big men. We should point out, by the way, uh, while we know the. At large selections were voted on at d3hoops.com, and and they will represent uh, York and uh, was it? Oh, I forgot oh, the other one. Altoona. Altoona. Uh, thank Texas you. Altoona. Yep. Yeah. Um, you guys will not. Uh, you guys will be announcing the rosters I, of the entire teams, I believe, on on Monday. Am I correct? I think so. I think we should have uh, Dave. Right now, we're just finalizing one or two positions with teams that we're playing this weekend, and and uh, just making sure about you know. Kids on you know availability and all that. So I think I think that we should have that. The the I think we're just about finalized with the, with each of the individuals. Now we just got to divide up teams and uh, um, uh, come up with the exact roster. So uh, again, yeah, I think by sometime uh, early mid to mo, those should be coming out. Uh, we should have those available. Talking to um, Pat Cunningham, head coach of Trinity Texas, um, one of the members, as he mentioned, of the NABC board of directors. Um, along with Gary Stewart and Charlie Brock, uh, we should a couple quick things before we let you go. By the way, it's really unique that um, D three basically runs the two All Star games uh, that take place in the NCAA and men's side of things. But um, yeah. part of the way this this All Star game kind of took hold and was so successful and getting turned around, I suspect from my point of view, was the the help of Salem. Uh, the Kerry Harvey oh cutters and the rest. I know that that has been synonymous and important for you guys. It's got to be a little bittersweet that we're headed there for the final time. Oh, it's. It, uh, I think you said bittersweet. Um, yeah, is exactly right, uh, Dave. I mean, I, I tell you, we we absolutely could not have gotten this off the ground without uh, Kerry Harvey Cutter and Salem. Uh, you know the Civic Center and those people—they they have been just absolutely instrumental in, in helping with that. And and along with them is is the host, uh, you know, the ODAC who hosts the uh, yeah. The, yeah. the championships. You know, um, uh, Brad Banks and his crew have also been very helpful in terms of of this. But but Kerry has just been just been phenomenal relative to just all. I mean, all the things he's done for us. You know, you, you can't even we people can't even imagine. You know, from from funding it initially, in a, you know, until he got reimbursed, uh, you know, just all the things. I mean, he was involved in the plane flights at the beginning. He's, you know, the meals at the Civic. I mean, there's just so many things that go on, Dave, that that we do that he helps with. It's just, it's just phenomenal all he does for us. Um, and we're, you know, we're we're worried a little bit about after this how how it's going to go and 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 uh, you know going to Fort Wayne. I mean, it's exciting going to a new place, but it's going to be. Uh, at best bittersweet relative to, you know, 
all the details and and starting kind of starting from scratch in some ways. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I, I don't want to get into the details of Fort Wayne necessarily because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot to be figured out. But I have heard that uh, they've they've been in conversations with you guys, and and to some degree, it's just a matter of getting used to new places. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think they've been great. Uh, uh, yeah, nothing bad against them at all. They, in fact, they've reached out to the NABC and and Charlie and myself, and and I know they're going to be down in Salem, and I know that you know that you know we're going to make a site visit up there, uh, Charlie and I. Uh, uh, relative to before before the the next year's games come about, so yeah, they've been they've been good, and we'll have uh, conversations. We've kind of been focused in on on this year's yeah, event, sure. Yeah. And and once this is over with, we'll kind of move forward. But I think they'll be very helpful relative to um, um, help you know helping moving forward. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Salem, speaking of Salem, uh, I think I did that twice, and Charlie Brock. <laughs> Um, I did do it twice, but say Levy. Um, it's kind of apropos that the yeah, final you know. one in Salem has Charlie Brock, who has been there at I think at every Salem um, site uh, or uh, Final Four as a just a basketball coach and sometimes on the committee or representing other things in the NABC. It seems apropos that he's somehow he's able to get his team there for the final one in Salem. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I just talked to him uh, this morning again and. It is so appropriate. It's like, you know, one is he's at the birthplace of basketball, you know, yeah. uh, Springfield College, and, and having them, his that team there. And then, you know, he's had a long relationship, as you said. You know, uh, he and I were on the uh, um, the Division Three Basketball Championships Committee together back mm-hmm. in uh, – way back uh, in the early 2000s. And, and uh, you know, so we, we were part of that uh, uh, with Kerry, and, and he has a, a long – a long uh, history with Kerry and working with him and doing it. So for him to be bringing his team here for this is just absolutely amazing. It's, it's exciting. And you know, I just am so happy for Charlie and it'll be fun to see him. And, well, actually, you know, I'll tell you what's really going to be fun is that I, I now get to be the grand poopa and make all the decisions. <laughs> I'm just taking him to the side and, and uh, you know, so he's going to try. Charlie won't, be able to help himself. He's going to try to get involved. I'm just going to, nope, nope, nope. With your team, it'd be even worse if they win the semis. He's got to play in the championship. It keeps him out of the uh, loop even more. Oh, totally out of the loop. He won't even be at the game at all. In fact, well, he, you know, oh no, he'll sneak in. He'll, yeah, he'll exactly. Sneak. It's come on, sir. It's it's Charlie. <laughs> we I know, but we've got we people at the door. Just yeah, sure. Good, good call. Um, talking to uh, Pat Cunningham here on uh, on Hoopsville uh, and talking about the All Star Game and, and Pat, this this game when you talk about it on the women's side, they talk a lot about having the struggle of finding a sponsor. Uh, the NABC is certainly a bigger bigger behemoth than the WBCA. That's just the truth of the matter. Um, the the budgets aren't even comparable. But it's you don't do this without sponsors and. That's really kind of the the bulk of this, and and Reese's a step to the plate. And I'm not trying to do this as a plug for them in any way. I, I really mean this is a big, significant part of pulling it off. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, we we without the NBC, without the initial funding, you know, and I don't know the dollar figures, but you know, trying to get uh, at the time 16 players to Salem, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, some of them at the last minute, it's not a inexpensive proposition. And then putting on the game and all that stuff and all the things that you want to do for the athletes and, you know, make it the experience that, you know, Salem tries to make it for the championship teams. You know, we try to do the same thing for the all-star teams in a little bit shorter 
uh, timetable. But, but um, yeah, you know, Reese's has stepped up relative to to their sponsorship. Uh, the NBC is is the big one, and and again, Salem has been huge relative to all the things they've also contributed above and beyond what they do for the championships. They've done the same for um, the uh, All Stars as well. So it's it's many people and it's many different groups that you know help uh, pay for it and make it happen. So. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you and the All-Star Game in Salem. Looking forward to seeing what the rosters might be as well. Um, looking forward to all of that. Um, and uh, it should be a, a, a fond farewell. I have some fond memories of that All-Star Game. We're just going to have to make sure we keep those players rolling through. Sometimes they're so amazing <laughs> to talk to that you don't want to stop talking to these guys. Oh, it's, it, that's a fun part of what, what you do, Dave, is when you get them in there during the, the game. It's like those kids absolutely love that, number one. And that number two is... Uh, you know, trying to you trying to time it up so everybody gets a chance right. to say a word, but we get to actually watch the game too. Right? So. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, but we have fun doing. Luckily, it's an all-star game, not a championship. But um, exactly. Pat, as always, we give the final word to the guests. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, you know, again, I think that anybody out there listening uh, who can make it for this event, it's just a great event and. Uh, Dave, thanks to you and Hoopsville for all you do for you know not only college coaches but but Division three basketball. I mean, I think the all the promotions you do and and the information you get out and you know allowing us to speak uh, to a, a pretty good sized public here is is a great thing for us. And again, thank you for all you do, and we look forward to again the number eleven in Salem yeah. uh, All Star game. So yeah, Saturday yeah. Uh, Saturday afternoon. Half of Salem has had an All Star game. That's pretty impressive. Um, thanks so much. Take care of yourself. Safe travels. I'll see you in Salem. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you then. Absolutely. He's Pat Cunningham, head coach at Trinity, Texas, and uh, part of the All-Star Group and, of course, the NABC Board of Directors. We made that our NABC Coach's Corner for the day, though we've had Pat Cunningham on that Coach's Corner and asked him those questions a couple of years ago. Also, thanks to the City of Salem for sponsoring the hotline. But Pat joined us on. Uh, so lots of good stuff from Pat there. A lot of fun. It'll be another great, excuse me, all-star game there. And we're looking forward to it, to say the least. Um, so here we go. We're off to Rochester and Salem, folks. It, it is what it is. We are off and running. Uh, Eric writes, Mac and Bob's. I'll check it out. Yeah, if you want a great restaurant when you're in Salem, go to Mac and Bob's. If you're in Roanoke, there's a, you can't miss. There's a ton of great places there. Um, and... Too bad we're going back for the last time. Though that said, no, women will be there next year. Um, by the way, did not get a chance to do this earlier, and I apologize. We should have mentioned the Jostens winners. Uh, it slipped my mind. I apologize. Nate Axelrod from Ohio Wesleyan. Tip of the hat to him. And Caitlin Reed from NYU. Uh, we will hopefully be talking to both of them in Salem and put them on as part of our Hoopsville courtside pregame shows taking place from courtside of the Salem Civic Center. Uh, I need to double-check game times. Uh, I think it's 5 and 7.30, if memory serves. Bear with me. I see the 7.30 for one of them. I am double-checking the game time of the other. This is on the men's side. I'm trying to give you an idea of when we might hit the air. 5 o'clock. Might hit the air. We may hit the air as early as 3 o'clock for pregame on Friday with Hoopsville Courtside. Reason being, not only will we talk to Justin's winners, we will also talk to... Um, all four sets of head coaches, in some degree, uh, we have to figure out how to split them up. And uh, we also talk to a player from uh, each of the teams as well. That's all part of our pregame. Yeah, it's a little Super Bowl-ish, <laughs> as it were. Uh, do not 
tend to have a lot of those interviews the next day as it's a little bit harder, but sometimes we get to talk to the coaches uh, before that game on Saturday as well between that and the All-Star game. We'll also talk to other coaches, hopefully who have played these teams. We'll get a little bit of a mini panel on to talk about each of the semifinals. Uh, we'll also talk to others. The committee chair will appear on Saturday's show uh, before the championship game. We'll talk to Harry Car- Harvey Cutter on Friday as well, plus some more details. So Hoopsville court sides. So we, the schedule is as follows. Probably a 3 o'clock start that we got to work on logistics, make sure we can do that. But a 3 o'clock start for Hoopsville court side um, on Friday before the first semifinal at 5. Uh, then we will do a Hoopsville court side between semifinals. Um, leading up to that 7.30 game. And then some years we've been able to get going on a Hoopsville courtside finale. Some years, like last year, we could not. I got tied up with my NCA broadcasting responsibilities. That said, we have some extra resources in place this year, who especially know my equipment. So there may be able to get a way to get courtside on the air uh, without my presence until I'm able to evolve, or they can just do it on their own. I don't need to be there for the finale on, on, uh, on Friday night. But we'll work on those details this week. Saturday... Uh, the championship game, I believe, I believe is 7 o'clock. Maybe somebody on the show is tuning in. Jay, I see your comments. Bear with me, bud. I will be with you in a moment. I'm double-checking some things first. Uh, let's see here. Do-do-do. 6 o'clock, actually. I'm sorry. 6 p.m. Eastern. Oh, that should that's right, because the All-Star game is at 3.30. Uh, that makes some sense. Um, so we won't get a ton of time to do um, pregame for the championship, but at least probably about 45 minutes, maybe an hour if we're lucky. We'll get a couple of people to at least talk about them. But most importantly, All-Americans will be announced uh, that day as well. And in that pregame, we'll get All-Americans taken care of. And then we most certainly will do a postgame after the championship. So that's all Hoopsville courtside from... Um, the Salem Civic Center. And we hope you'll take the time to join us there and chat it up. Jay, I see your comments. Hold on. Uh, it's not one-year wonder perspective. Do any of the other three teams have as many underclassmen as Springfield? Uh, no. I think Springfield's the youngest team there off the top of my head. Um, I know Nebraska Wesleyan has a good chunk of, of, of upperclassmen. I know Oshkosh does. We, we talked to them. And Ramapo's got five seniors. Um, they're they're maybe the oldest team in in that sense in Salem. So no, Springfield I think is is absolutely the youngest team there. And remember, this is a Springfield team, not the last one in. I know that for a fact. It's been confirmed. Springfield was not the last team selected. They were the last team who showed up on the on the bracket. And again, tip the hat to the producers of that who knew the understanding. They didn't ask me, um, but they are starting to figure out how this works a little bit to understand the significance of that. They were the last one revealed, but they were not the last team selected in. Just for the record, I believe the last two teams, from my point of view, in no particular order, well, kind of, I think Letourneau was picked 20, and I think Brockport was picked 21. I might get that information down the road. We'll see. But that's my own understanding of things. I might be wrong. However, I do know for a fact Springfield was not the last team selected. Uh, will you be doing the final Hoopsville show after this weekend to wrap up the year? I hope to. Last year was the first time. I don't think we've done it in a number of years, and we actually had plans to. Uh, we were starting the process to wrap up the show, believe it or not, with a, an interview with GP Gromacki, uh, and the computer absolutely crashed on us. 
Um, I think it took like 30 to 45 minutes just to get it booted up in the first place that day. Then I got GP on the phone, tried to do something, and all of a sudden it stalled out again. I didn't get it back for another hour. Um, I was so frustrated with everything at that point uh, that we just bagged everything. Because uh, by the time I was going to get the computer fixed, get everything put together, and get the show turned around, it was going to be so after the fact it seemed pointless. Um, however, we plan to have a final show. We've gone away from doing final Sunday night shows after getting back from Salem that day. Reason being, well, let's start with exhaustion. <laughs> we'll start with that. The second reason being, I, I may have to be somewhere else on Sunday. I, I don't know about the timing. And the third reason is we want to get the women also on that show, and sometimes getting them on Sunday is a little bit challenging. So I suspect, without looking at my calendar, we will either do a final show Monday or Tuesday. It may be pre-taped. It may be live. I haven't decided how we're going to pull it off just yet. We've done both. They both have their pros and cons, but we'll figure out and get back to you. Um, so, Jay, thanks for the question. By the way, thanks to everybody else out there, including my Aunt BJ, who's watching the show. Hi. Eric and Daryl, nice to have you guys on YouTube. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. Trying to see if there's any other questions that may have come through. Once again, NABC Division Three coaches. Reminder, Thursday, if you are in Roanoke Valley, we have our um, Hoopsville reception. This might be the fifth or sixth year we've done this. We used to do a show out there for a few years while I was running around, and uh, we bagged the show because we're just using all the material we were going to use in the courtside shows. Pretty sure we didn't do it in 2013. I think 2014 might have been the first year. So this will be the fifth year we're doing it. Um, Corned Beef and Company in downtown Roanoke, 6 p.m. You can get there early if you want. Hoopsville Reception. See me when you get there. We'll take care of you. It'll be a good time. Coaches get there. Staff from D3 Hoops, for the most part, will be there. We look forward to having you there as well. Again, that is Thursday, 6 p.m. Uh, coaches and friends of Hoopsville, um, say hello, as they say. Um, again, final call for questions. If you've got a question, um, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville as well. Just checking to see if we got an update on emails. We have not, so we'll start to wrap this up. Um, Rona, uh, Rochester is going to be outstanding in the women's side of things. Gordon Mann out there. Again, Brendan Gulick calling it for NCAA.com. Brendan's a tremendous broadcaster, also a D3 guy. He gets it. He'll You're in good hands there. Um those games at um, on NCAA.com, we will have all the links you need on D3Hoops.com. Um, why are you not there? There we go. Um, so, you know, in other words, don't be a stranger, as they say. Um, Brennan will take care of those, to be sure. Uh, and Gordon will be out there in attendance. Those will be good games. Um Again, the men at 5 and 7.30, and the women, I think, are similar times, though. Of course, they are um, a time zone ahead of us. That's 6 and 8.30, so same, so Eastern time. So local time will be 5 and 7.30 as well on the women's side. So 5 o'clock Eastern time, tip of the first men's semifinal. 6 p.m. Eastern time, tip of the second or the first women's um, semifinal. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, tip of the second men's semifinal, followed by 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, tip of the second women's semifinal. Championship game for the men will be at 6 o'clock 
Eastern time on Saturday. And I believe the women's will be 7 o'clock Eastern time, um, 6 o'clock local time on the women's side. So games kind of staggered due to the um, due to the time zones. And uh, actually later, I've got this down as an 8.30 p.m., so a 7.30 tip on, on the women's side. In uh, So actually they're going to back them up. Men will play first and the women will follow. So there'll be no crossover on the championships. Uh, I believe CBS Sports is calling. You know, I didn't even confirm this. I think CBS is calling the games um, for the championship. Hold on. I'll try and check that while I'm chatting with y'all. Um, I'll double check. I think CBS is calling the men's game. I don't know if they're calling the women's games, but we will double check that in a moment. I have a, a way we can call up uh, each division and figure out what they're doing. And it'll, it'll tell you what is going on, to say the least. Um, whoops, I called up everything. That's, that's inconvenient. Now, bear with me, folks. I apologize. This is the kind of the boring part when you see me kind of doing behind-the-scenes work, trying to figure everything out, and I apologize. It may be just a little on the boring side, and I can appreciate that. Uh, Here we go. Men's basketball, women's basketball, men's basketball all-star game, which will be at 3.30. Men's final, CBS Sports Network. So CBS Sports Network will be calling it for men's basketball. I believe they don't have it here. I believe we'll double check. There should be an audio feed from Turner, but we'll check that the game's also not being streamed. So a little bit of work we have to do behind the scenes to figure out the men's side of things. But I will be on the call nonetheless uh, with um, Lincoln Rose at the men's broadcast plus Hoopsville courtside. Uh, I think that'll do it. Uh, thanks to our guests, um, Pat Yuckum at Oshkosh, uh, Adrian Scheibels. We had Ashley in a couple locations. I apologize, folks. Not really sure why we did that, but Adrian Scheibels from Bowden. Jeff Hans from Thomas Moore. Dale Wellman from Nebraska Wesleyan. Pat Cunningham for NABC. And, of course, Ryan Scott from D3Hoops.com. Thanks to all the uh, sports information staffs for also helping us. Reminder, no sh- show on Thursday, as we will be in Salem. We will be getting uh, the courtside shows running probably about 3 p.m. You should probably expect a 3 p.m. start to those shows in Roanoke Valley. Um... That is going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. We are on to having a fantastic championship weekend in Rochester because we got four of the best teams in the country, according to the rankings, showing up and playing. Amherst looking for another championship. Thomas Moore looking for another championship. Bowden looking for their first and just their second appearance. Wartburg looking for their first. I think they're only their second appearance. On the men's side, wide open. Just one top 25 team in the ranked 24th. One team that was just outside the top 25. And two teams are making their first appearance. The other two, those we were just talking about in the rankings, Nebraska Wesley and Ramapo, haven't been there since the 90s. Nebraska Wesley in 97, the second year Salem hosted that. And Roanoke in nine or Ramapo, I said Roanoke, Ramapo in 91, they haven't been back since then. And then Springfield, first time ever. And, of course, Oshkosh, first time ever. For, for all intensive purposes, folks, we have an all-new Final Four in Salem. And that's going to make it unique and fun to talk about. Plus, the All-Star Game. Hope you enjoyed this show. Hope you uh, had the time to share it with your friends as well. We'll see you in Salem, Virginia. And we'll also do our best to cover the women, by the way, at the same time. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. 
want to thank our partners at D3Hoops.com, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, National Association of Basketball Coaches, and, of course, the City of Salem for their support. want to thank you, the fans, as well, for your support of the show, and we look forward to talking to all of you as we move forward in this championship week. Enjoy it, folks. Even if your team's not in the race, enjoy the games. It will be fun. Tune them in. Have some fun. Sit back and relax and celebrate Division Three basketball. The final year in Salem. We'll celebrate it in style, though the women come next year, so enjoy it in Rochester as well. You've been listening to Hoopsville. Good night, everybody. Thanks for taking the time. We'll see you on the road at the championships. By the way, say hi to our staff so we can put faces the name. We love seeing people on the road. Good night, everybody.